So Wait, hold on. He's got Star Trek timelines up. We're plumber doing a podcast. You're plumbers. I know. I know. You're a plumber. We are doing. Let's do a plumbing podcast. Oh my god. We could do a podcast about a plumbing movie. Super Mario Brothers. What other plumbing movie is there? Oh um um um. Hold on. There's a horror movie. Moonstruck has some plumbing in it. <laughs> Harem Scarab's got some scary moments. <laughs> You know, I didn't even mean it as a joke. I it think, came out and everybody I laughed. I think the Amityville it. Horror 2 has a scene where a guy's trying to... Yeah. And his hand gets cut up. That's not... Oh, in the... in the That's yeah. not 2. That's like 4 or 5. That's, that's 4 or 5. Which the one is, with the lamp. It was the one with yeah, the lamp. that's not 2. 2's the, the one with Polly. Because, oh, hey, can I... I can see Miracle, right? Miracle, if you're listening or watching this, it's... I remember him uh, hanging out with Christy one night, screaming, and Christy called me, and I wasn't there. I can't remember where I was, and him in the background screaming, "Don't you take that shit, Polly!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were watching Amityville Two: The Possession. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And my, for you all who, oh who are Polly, who plays Polly? What's Polly's name? The great per- character actor. Oh, um, um, from uh, you know. My, my question is, by the way, seriously, uh, with all that going not on, not Abe Vigoda. Um, He's still playing Star Trek Timelines. Well, with all that going... By the way, Star Trek Timelines, you should totally sponsor Bonehead. Um, I'm thinking about hitting up somebody for a sponsorship. I I'm just trying to figure the, out how to do uh, it. But, you know, I was talking about that, why has ne- there never been an Amityville about it being repossessed and called Amityville Repossession? Well, because they've already got repossessed the movie. But most people haven't and seen And that's pretty that. much the best movie of all time. <laughs> and we've talked about it. But, that's, it. but what are we talking about about this episode? Is, wait, now... Now, in all fairness, I didn't know we were doing Amityville. Is that better? I actually having a better time than we would about the actual topic. (laughs) Is that better than Highlander, which is pretty much a documentary? Yeah, um, I haven't seen either one of them in a long time. I know you. I like the idea of Highlander better, and I have any of its executions. And Hmm. that's why you'll never get ahead in life for Sassmouth and Highlander. (laughs) I did okay considering. I'm illiterate from a holler, but I mean, you're not Highlander, okay? Oh, I guess. You're Lowlander at best. I'm pretty good Eastern Kentucky, okay. You're Zoolander on a good day. I, that movie sucks. Yes, it does. I don't I have no understanding of why anyone likes Zoolander. I'm going on record saying it's Ben Stiller's worst movies. I've actually never seen the second one. I don't Neither know. Have I. But a, if it's like the first one, I, I haven't got through the first one. But what is today's topic, gentlemen? Zoolander. We no, are a piece of shit, to, obviously. No, we, we are going to talk about... So Why do people find Zoolander funny? I don't get it either, because I don't like it. So I can't answer that question. Why do, do you people, like Zoolander? You, honest truth, sorry. I'm going to lose some street grit here. I've never actually seen it. It's pretty bad. I've, I've seen one person... Like, like Owen oh. Wilson's nose could not spark up that production. Um, the uh, I, I just hate the whole blue steel. I don't... I, what we're talking that? about DC Comics. No, yes. and what I was going to say, we're talking about, so the Arrowverse, Arrow, the show, is ending after, is it 10 seasons, Chad? And no, it, I Seven thought it was like 8 or 9. Okay, it doesn't matter. Um, but it's ending. I'm and, really concerned about Supernatural, C- but there's another show called Arrow on the yeah, CW. Yeah, uh, so the CW has said, though, they plan to continue plumbing the depths of DC Comics. Giggity. You know, to, uh, I, plumbed plumbing. The depths, I plumbed the depths of your sister. Yeah, she said that it's still backed up, and she, yeah. she's never gonna. Next time, she's gonna hire. Well, a tell her the last guy took out the Nuva ring. Um, I don't think that's how it works. How he thinks it works. Uh, no. uh, anyway, um, CW has said that they have the plan to continue to work with DC. Yeah, 
and to continue the Arrowverse, the, yes. the, the DC Universe on the CW. Yes. And so with that, of course, they'll be looking for new shows. So I thought, and I ran this by Chad, and he agreed that we should pitch what shows they should adapt. Why are you jingling? I don't... There's a there's a jingle. Why do you have a... Be- the, the SoundCloud, iTunes, listening... Pot, sp- almost said Potify. <laughs> are we on Potify? No. Potify. We're on Petify, but that's a whole other no, story. No, you're on that, sir. Anyway, you but were no, saying... And, but we're also going to talk about some of our favorite DC heroes. Well, so what we're, we're going to talk about... All right, what, we, what this was... Okay, so a little bit of the backstory. Do you mind? Since I won't be talking too much in this episode, most of my stuff is questions. Yep. A little bit of this backstory is we did an interview with the uh, owner mm-hmm. of... Uh, what's it called again? Intergeek. Comic-Con. Intergeek. Uh, the, the Greers, Jared and Jamie. And a couple of the people that work in the shop. And basically where we were going with that conversation is their favorite superheroes. What happened was two hours later is we had a great episode so. that you guys are going to get later. Because it's going to take a lot of editing. This definitely going to come out probably before that is. Yeah. That being said, we got a great episode two hours later, but we really didn't get a lot of favorite superheroes. No, I believe we talked about Aquaman. I she Katrina talked about Aquaman in depth, and she was probably the most intelligent when it came to any of these subjects. Yeah, right, right. And handled herself with the most grace. Listen to it because there's so many great stories about interacting with unique fans. But this isn't a promo for that. I just want to give a backstory. So what we're left with are these two nerds over here beside of me with all this information and research going, we are going to talk about superheroes. So now we're going to do two episodes. Yep. One on DC, which perhaps, is today. Perhaps a third one. We'll see how you all feel We'll, about we'll see how these, and then we may go back to the well and do independent comics. Yep. But we'll talk about your all's favorite superheroes, first DC, and then Marvel. Right, correct? Right, right. Yep. Yeah. And um, you want me to start off, because I'm, I might as well start off well, since you brought up the arrow. Go ahead, Joe. No, just real quick. So, for a lot of people who listen, and a lot of people are my friends, I don't know why I feel the need to pat you. Oh, it's okay. Your skin is so supple. I know. Mm, creamy white. You're going. You're going to I, end I, up I, at the bottom of a well. I was going to say you know no. That, right? I put it. I put baby powder on it, and I'm perfectly healthy. <coughs> put the really lotion. has nothing to do with as many years as you spent deep mining. Yeah, no. <laughs> but you know, James's sister listen, requires a lot. Listen, in all fairness. See. By the way, can I go first every now and then? In all fairness. In all fairness. <laughs> yeah, you can go first now. Oh, I just wanted to say that. No, I, you no, know, no I'm in about his sister. <laughs> in all fairness, <laughs> you, dude. Dude, that ship has sailed. In all fairness, <laughs> there are no Joe, first left. Chad's way cheaper than the Canary. Oh, that's just, true. I mean, you know, Only Chad brings send his up own, a couple of those Canaries. Canaries! He brings his own noxious gas. By, by the way, going first on James's sister. I am not a huge superhero comic book person. However, right. Chad and I were arguing about this earlier. He keeps saying things like, I don't like superheroes. It's not true. I enjoy them. I just do not have a passion for them like I do other things. For example, if it were left up to me and my own devices, this episode would be the about the year's greatest... Uh, the greatest year in Hollywood, 1939, which I still want to do eventually, or we'd do something else. That would be my pick. Did However, I know they say 39 instead of 89. Yeah, no, it's 39. <laughs> it's 1939. Actually, most historians would agree. The favorite, my favorite, would be 89. Yeah, I was going to say 89 had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. It did. It had a lot going on. Just a lot like of Stacey's geeks though wouldn't say it wouldn't be 82. 
Well, and I think it also depends on what age of geeks you're talking to. Don't you think most geeks would say no, it's 82? No, I agree. I, I agree. think it also depends on what age. I think the three of us at our age, 89. It, it was 88, 89 for me, yeah. Yeah. I, was saying, and I think if you got... If you got See, a, we're getting off topic again. I know. <laughs> I think if you got a geek who was at... Let's do this for another episode. If you Let's got a 16-year-old geek and asked them their favorite year, maybe we should do this on Twitter, what movies... You know, if they had to pick one year of movies and that's all they were allowed to watch, I think you'd get a different answer than 89. Absolutely, absolutely. So... I'm going to ask a lot of questions as we go through this, simply because the two gentlemen next to me have vast knowledge, much more knowledge than I do about these subjects, and I do, don't tell anybody, don't let this out, keep this between us and you all boneheads, respect their opinion when it comes to just this. Yep. I like Spider-Man, I like Superman, I like the movies. I don't yeah. ever Real quick, enjoy yeah, so sitting I, He said he had a lot of questions. Let's get this out. See, comic books are part of a genre called books. They're made of paper, and they have scribblings on them for you I to read. I was reading a book earlier, you inbred hilljack swine. It was a picture book. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a new Stephen King book that I didn't even know came out last year. It's, mm. It was Cat in the Hat, wasn't it? He no. told him to say Stephen King so he'd feel better about He's himself. Hit. Cat in the Hat is too complex for him. It was Green Egg and Ham all the way. Green, Green Egg and Ham? <laughs> yeah, you really? can't, you can't even get the other one. for me. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have plurals. He's not don't, ready don't for defend him. Don't defend him, you hilljack swine. I forgot what I called you earlier. So, um... Dandy. <laughs> I'm going to start this one because um, because we mentioned the Arrowverse. Sourface Dandy. <laughs> we mentioned the Arrowverse, so I'm actually going to bring up my favorite comic book character. It's actually not my favorite, but it's a close sec. It, it's a really close one as to what my favorite comic book character of all time is. And this is the one. And the Green Arrow is tied as one of my top two favorites. Why? He's green and he shoots arrows. What's the difference between him and, him and Hawkman? It, you mean Hawkeye? Hawk yeah, same thing. No, what Hawk the hell's Man, the difference? Hawkman has mace. He's an alien, and he has wings. Well, let's get into that, okay? Maybe. Let's. Depends but, on but, but before I talk about why, because like, the questions I'm going to have are like, when are people going to get pissed about Dark Side and think that's a rip off of? Oh, uh, Thanos. Thanos, which is actually I'm, reversed. I know. Yeah, that's yeah. What, remember when we talked about this with Bart yeah. Nixon. But um, so the thing is, um, I'm going to talk about why I like him. But first, I want to give a brief history of the Green Arrow comic. Good. Okay. So tell me all about Robin Hood, so, this merry band of thieves. So it's not far off. Yeah, you're not. Um, yeah, you're not. I mean, you're not even close. Uh, but uh, I'm not uh, even close. <laughs> I know. I mean, you're. you're never mind. I, I know. But These are all the Green Arrow, the the show Arrow. I, I enjoy the show Arrow, but my my feelings are that they never once got Green Arrow correctly. They never. They, the character's not been portrayed correctly. But uh, Green Arrow first appeared in More Fun Comics uh, number 73 in November 1941. Now, I enjoyed Fun Comics, but when they got More, more fun, fun Comics, it was too much for me. <laughs> uh, he was created by Mort Wessinger and George Papp. Um, Mort? He is, a, he is an expert archer and is amazing at hand-to-hand combat. Uh, he has a few origin stories, but uh, depending on which era you're reading, because, you know, comics, they always reinvent the character. But... Um, um, blah, 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 blah. The most popular story is that Oliver Queen was a rich billionaire playboy who His was in last a last sh- name's Queen. Yes, Oliver Queen, mm. uh, who was a rich billionaire playboy who was in a shipwreck which strands him on a deserted island. For a year, he fended for himself and became an expert with a bow and arrow. As a result. Once saved, he returns to his home star city and fights crime in a costume inspired by his childhood hero, Robin Hood. Uh, he w- he initially was just uh, just a bow and arrow archetype of Batman. 
That's it. He was just so he hey, was just a and I would say, and by the way, I do like, like the, it sounds like Batman Robin Hood in the most dangerous game. I yeah. do like Arrow, but I do agree that Arrow, while an entertaining show, Arrow is Batman. Yeah, and that's that's one so in the com, the comic books when he was created, they literally just turned Batman into a, an archer. And then they did it again with Arrow, and all they did was turn Green Arrow into the modern version of Batman, dark brooding mm-hmm. character. Um, but here's he had a sidekick named Speedy. He had an Arrow cave, an Arrow car, and an Arrow signal. That's how much of a ripoff he was of Batman. An Arrow signal? Yeah, basically it was a it was the big spotlight with a arrow tip on it. Do you think somebody's in trouble? I don't know, but we should go that way. <laughs> but here's the other thing too. Here's how here's how much of a rip. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I have I have really culturally insensitive jokes. I'm like circle the wagons, boys. Yeah. <laughs> but no, here's how sorry. Here's how bad of a ripoff he was of Batman. He yeah. had he uh, he had a his main nemesis was a clown whose name was Bullseye. It literally was a clown. Is that the no? That's that's a DC. So yeah, I mean, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel would be the bullseye that you. Yeah, know. no. But and this well, this literally was a clown dressed up like Bozo. He was dressed like Bozo the clown, and he had a big bullseye on his on his that clown outfit. That's the only. Which thing. is a stupid thing to do with an archer. You're just begging to be shot there. <laughs> that's true. Why would you wear a bullseye when the other guy has a clown outfit? No, you mean <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm here for comic relief, <laughs> and obviously I'm not here for anything important. No, so, uh, and he was a comic book character that only represented Weisinger's love of two things. Robin Hood and the book movie serial The Green Archer written by Edgar Rice. Do you know anything about The Green Archer? Edgar Rice Burroughs? Edgar Wallace. Edgar Wallace. Sorry. So, so far I have gotten one thing... Two thing, three thing, correct? Yes. Okay. And I haven't That's read a record one green, for him. Arrow green comment. Yeah, no. comment. So, so here's why. Hold on. To quote Ghostbusters, never studied. <laughs> <laughs> You've done that in a previous episode, by the way. I have. Yes. Now tell us how good Children of Men is. Uh, now let me tell you why I like him. Tracking <laughs> shots. <laughs> Fuck wad. <laughs> It's the villain from Shrek is Farquaad. Ah, Why does he get that wrong every time? I don't know. So, uh, why I like him. So, uh, Green Arrow actually got me back into comics after I had not read one in over 15 years. Um, The first comic book that was ever given to me as an adult was from my sister. She gave me Quiver, Green Arrow number one, Quiver. Written by? Written by Kevin Smith. Ah, there's the connection. And that's, there's the connection. I actually knew this story. Yeah, but... Um, never he, studied. Never studied. But here's why I like him. He had one of the cooler deaths in comic history. Uh, he managed to get trapped in a device where his hand was locked in a box. Yeah. If he let go, the bomb would explode. Superman actually arrives to help him. Yeah. Uh, but the only way to get Green Arrow out of the dilemma is if he cuts off his arm with his heat vision. Green Arrow decides to blow himself up rather than lose the only thing that makes him a hero. Um, he's and as a, but he has his brain. And you know, with a with with character deaths, they usually come, they usually die, and they immediately come right back. Green Arrow did not appear for another comic for five years. Um, a whole five, five years. years. Well, now, in all fairness, fitting. I would say, and, and I know we're talking about DC, but Marvel, I think, does hold the record for killing somebody and leaving him dead because Bucky was dead for a long. Time. Oh, that's true. Um, he has he is also one of the coolest resurrections in comic history, thanks to Kevin Smith, as I previously mentioned. Um, Green Arrow has to deal with a lot of real life issues, which is another reason why I like him because you know Superman, Batman, they're pretty 
But wouldn't that make him more of a Marvel character? Yeah, and that's probably why I like him as much, and I've never really gotten into Marvel characters as much as I have DC. Never studied. <laughs> <laughs> um, it shows. I've seen your transcripts. But he's had one sidekick get addicted to heroin because which of... Which was because, a big deal. Which was a big deal. And it's, just, it, it's because Oliver Queen, bar none, he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. He, he only cares about his bravado being a hero. Everything else takes a second... Even, even if you're not and you've never read a Green Arrow comic, if you play video games and you've pl- played, um, oh, what's the fighting game? Um, oh, uh, Masters of Terracoff. Uh, Gods Among Us. Is, Injustice. Yes. Injustice, Injustice 2, Oliver Queen is a playable character and Black Canary and all of that, and it's set later on when they have a relationship and all of that stuff. But it is, I mean, there's parts of it where you're like, he should be. Like you want the bad guy to win almost because he's just so smarmy, right? Smarmy, smarmy, smarmy. He, I like sh- you know you can get smarmy when you have your shawarma. He also had he also had to deal with the fact, and this was before him. You but two didn't study. He had one of his sidekicks actually. One of his sidekicks actually contracted a HIV. Um, so that's another cool aspect of it. He also dealt with racism, poverty, and being in situations that had no win options. Where a lot of superheroes, a lot of superhero comic books, they. Basically, they resolve the story, and he the the superhero walks out clean. There has been numerous instances where Green Arrow, at the end of a story arc run, he's just left screwed. Nothing's resolved. Would you please end that with blued and tattooed? <laughs> blued and tattooed. <laughs> now, well, and the, the thing about it, I will say, and that's one thing that Arrow does sometimes get right is, I mean, he loses Queen, he loses Queen Consolidated, he yeah. loses his fortune, he loses a lot of other stuff, but. And I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but, you know, for me, Green Arrow, because I got a lot of secondhand comics, and now people are like, yeah, those are worse. Um, too late, I've got them. Uh, but was a crop where they did Green Arrow and Green Lantern together. And it was always a great team-up, because those two should never have gotten together in the first place. Right. The famous cover where Green Lantern goes to charge his ring, and Green Arrow shoots it and destroys it with an arrow. Just because he thinks Green Lantern's gone too far. Yeah. And I mean, that's the other thing, too. He's actually, and, and at one point in time, which I'll get into in another story, uh, one of my other characters, but Green Lantern becomes a villain, and Green Arrow has a no-win option, so what does he do? He shoots him right in the heart. He kills Green Lantern right there on the spot. Um, so uh, there are story arcs where he has strangled Solomon Grundy to death with 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 his own bow. And all he wanted, Joe. Yes. I'm not doing it. No, I'm go not ahead. Cuz this isn't the next this isn't going to be the last time we bring up Solomon Grundy. Well, he does once. Pe- yeah, we'll he, talk about later yeah. what he wants. He won up he won up Deathstroke, which never gets done in comics. Uh and he gotten the crap kicked out of him by numerous foes. I mean, there's one time where the Riddler of all people uh basically tricks him and then beats the crap out of him and that's where that story arc ends. Him bloodied on the floor. And Riddler just going I'm done. That's it. So, um, some of my favorite story arcs with Green Arrow, Quiver, The Sounds of Violence, Justice League, Cry of Justice, and The Archer's Quest. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about the Arrowverse, I also, I, we, we needed to talk about Green Arrow because he is one of my favorite characters. Okay. So, James, you want to go? I do. I'll, you know what? I'll do one. So, Did it's it? not Hawkman. Hawkeye. Hawkman is a kid. DC- he ain't him either. No, Talkman is a DC Comics character who has metal wings that allows him to fly. As opposed to his quiver. Yeah. It's um, quivering. I want to bring up pudding. one that. So recently, 
uh, it was a character that I was introduced to when I was a kid, but really didn't have much knowledge of. And I happened to be at Ollie's. Ollie's fell for your sponsors. And they had... Yeah, a lot of the chips in this the, room came uh, from Ollie's. They had the first three volume of the Essential Collection, I think is what DC calls their trade paperbacks. Yeah. Uh, of the, uh, And I bought them because they were on sale and cheap. And then I started to read them and I was like, oh, these are really good. And, and I want to read more about the modern stuff. And then, so I've been doing that. I want to talk about The Phantom Stranger. Okay. Uh, so the Phantom Stranger. Are you talking about his his real father? <laughs> no, Phil. I know Phil. I thought you were going to talk about when he sits on his hand. <laughs> um, What's the difference? <laughs> so the Phantom Stranger, James is, is his own grandpa. Is a I did do the nasty in the past. If you drama, um, the you Phantom also want to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. The Phantom Stranger. Wait, Futurama, a show that's been canceled for three years now? They can still get it done. Uh, if Matt Groening wants to do it, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you going to tell your story? I'm trying to, but you keep going on about your nasty. You're the, the one talking about getting your Phantom mom knocked Strang- up. No, I wasn't. Phantom Stranger. Um, there it goes again. Originally began Daddy as issues. a hero, basically a detective type character. Yes. Who would prove that all these supernatural events weren't supernatural? Mm. He was created in uh, the 1950s by John Broom, who was the writer, Carmine Infantino, who later worked on Batman and some other stuff, and actually near the end of his life couldn't find work and was helped by, um, oh, why am I bank- blanking on Frankenstein's name? Uh, Bernie Wrightson actually mm. helped find him work So, and when he was near the end of his life. Um, because he, he worked for DC for years, but wasn't getting a lot of work near the end and they helped him find work. Uh, anyway, um, he, so originally he was kind of this detective character that just proved that there was no supernatural. However, as time wore on, he became supernatural himself and it's never really explained. And he used to just do the introduction to horror comics, kind of like the Crypt Keeper. Oh, DC comics. And he would say, here's a story. And at the end he would appear to debunk whatever happened. Um, however, he began to be supernatural. He's popped up in a ton of DC comics. Um, but what's really unique about him is, you know Batman's origin story, you know Superman's origin story, you know, he has never been giving a definitive origin story. Matter of fact, there's four or five theories that circulate over who he is, and they even play with these ideas in the comics. Um, one story is that he's actually was a man in biblical times, who was spared God's wrath by an angel. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't understand why he was spared the wrath that destroyed the entire town. We're talking Sodom and Gomorrah type stuff. Um, so in a sense of, of loss and longing and not understanding why he got to be spared, he commits suicide. Uh, and so the angel that saved him actually He's forbids, so forbids him from entering ah, into man. the afterlife man. and forces him to reanimate his body and he's condemned to walk until he can figure out what humanity's all about. So it's kind of this supernatural type story. And there's actually some versions that actually says that the angel that saved him is actually his future self. Uh, another version of his origin was that uh, he was a man um, who was when all the when the killing of the firstborn was declared, he lost his son, his wife died, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and he blamed Jesus. Hmm. Um, so he actually pays money to take the place of one of the people who tortures Jesus at the end. 
and he later regrets. Where the hell did we go with this again? Uh, I don't know. This got dark. And so, um, after the crucifixion, he repents, and he's condemned to save mankind for the rest of his life to make up for what he's done. The other version is the other versions are more science fiction. Yeah. Um, one is that he's a man just constantly caught in a time loop, and he can't man rest ever. Sorrow. And so he's constantly looping in uh, time, and basically he has to keep fixing things until humanity is completely saved. Hoping beyond Groundhog hope Day. that he'll, his le- next leap will be the that leap he'll home. find the dark. That tower. seems that's kind of like a rip off of the Pariah origin. But go ahead. Um, hold on. Let let me pull my glasses up. <laughs> And the, the other one is the that dark he, tower. the <laughs> other one is that he himself is a fallen angel, but he's a fallen angel because he didn't take sides. He didn't side with Lucifer, nor did he side with the um, with God. And because of that, he was forced. Even out. heaven's got the Swedes. Uh, what? And there's and and this story. Shut up. This story is actually supported by Almost John Constantine. Horrible. Yeah. John Constantine says that this story is probably the most. It is a character for those that don't know. The short-lived TV series and a Keanu Reeves movie, uh, which but, is Keanu. One of it's Keanu Reeves' favorite role, by the way. You know, that's his favorite role. Yeah, I really it's one of his favorite. Uh, I'll pull the article up and show it to. But you. anyway, John oh. Constantine actually said that one? this may be the most. I'm bored with James. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, the other reason, one? The reason it would be really cool to do this as a television show is yes. it would we we're losing Supernatural. We'll do it for the TBN network. They won't get pissed at nothing. Yeah, we're losing Supernatural. Yes. We're losing, and this is a character that has a superhero flair. He's been linked to John Constantine and Swamp Thing and a ton of Vertigo characters. And what's his name again? The Phantom Stranger. Phantom he has Stranger. no name. He doesn't. He doesn't appear and be like, "You can call me the Phantom Stranger." He doesn't. What year did he come out? Nineteen fifty-nine, I believe. Fifty. Wait, nineteen fifty-two. Okay. And what James doesn't have in his research is actually the Phantom Stranger is appearing in the Swamp Thing television show currently. Yeah, which means he's canceled in yeah, yeah. more episodes, <laughs> which frees him up to be out in the CW. No, but the Phantom Stranger is. I could go for some shrimp. Got any? Mm-mm. Bastard! Well, why don't you shut up. <laughs> Are you sad? Mm-mm. See, this is what happens just, if we don't do an episode where he perplexed. can talk. Yeah, no. That's not true. I left Chad alone. I know. <laughs> Phantom Stranger, though, if you like supernatural things and you want something that's kind of dark and he's mysterious and you don't know what's going on and he actually created the Spectre, if you're a comic fan, that he's he's linked to the creation of the Spectre as a character as well. The Phantom Stranger would is a character that you could do a lot with. There's and, a Phantom uh, Walker above us. And uh, he doesn't get a lot of street cred, so Phantom Stranger, check it Just out. Just picture a ghost with a... <laughs> I thought when I died, I would have to do Ectoplasm tennis ball. Yo, let's see how damn it he beat me to it. But anyway, Phantom Stranger, yes. Yeah. That, I mean, I've, I've read the Phantom Stranger. There was actually a... Uh, He's about to... It's about to get cold over there because you're going to be standing in some shade. <laughs> Go, Chad. No, no. I mean, I don't have anything much to say about the Phantom Stranger. Uh, there is a See, com- there is in it. the new Fifty Two. Uh, there is a um, there's the Justice League Dark, which is John John Constantine Swamp Thing. Uh, they did the, they did the movie, right? Because yeah, I own the movie, the, the animated series, animated yeah. series. Yeah, I mean so. the animated movie, it? the animated movie. It's good. You can borrow it if you want it. Is um, it okay? It's okay. You know what? It's probably not as good as what Del Toro would have done with it. <laughs> I love him, but there wouldn't have been a plot. Uh, but by the way, speaking of which, getting off topic, uh, I do want you to borrow the. I need to remember to bring it over the Constantine animated movie. Is it good? It's really good. I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I got I picked out. I haven't got to watch it. Uh, but anyway, um, the Phantom Stranger. 
there's a good story arc with him in, Je- in this Justice League Stark where t- Justice League Dark where it's going over his origin story and he's he's usually infallible like there's nothing that can beat him and this one actually sh- delves into his weaknesses which was really fascinating. I, that I'd like to see. I haven't got now, that. I've got the pa- I've got a trade paperback if you want to borrow it. If you want to talk about DC, you need to talk about Deathstroke. Who? Because Deadpool was actually a ripoff of Deathstroke because they were the same creator. That's not true. <laughs> no, it is 100% true, true. because it's Slade Wilson became it, Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson. So Deathstroke though was at the end of that horrible Justice League movie, yes. right on the boat. And he's also one of the he's one of the he's the main Arrow villain. And yeah, so is he funny in Arrow? No, no, Deathstroke was never meant to be funny. Funny, no, he's a de- hardcore hitman. Well, then what? Well, that's to see Deathstroke. He, he sliced his own son's throat, for God's sakes. Well, did he get mouthy? He had the sass <laughs> mouth. He did get the sass mouth. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying he's right. I'm just saying I read it. His son went. Well, I have questions when we do uh, uh, Marvel. He like forced his up. own daughter to stab her own eye out. I mean, yeah. no. But she, too, had that sass mouth, no, I'm yeah. telling you. Oh, well, yeah. All right, so yeah, Spoil me- the rod and whatnot. <laughs> spoil the rod. <laughs> All right. Spare the rod and whatnot. <laughs> the- You're a good rod. Here, have some, have some gravy. Oh, James' sister spoiled my rod. Sorry. I heard it was burnt before she got it. Burnt. Yeah, that's true. If it was ruined, we could fix it. So since we're talking about DC heroes, I'm going to bring up the one that's been mentioned several times and I've gotten a lot of grief for. Superman. No. Batman. No. Oh, oh, sucko. I know which one you're going to talk about. The penguin. I'm wearing his shirt. Booster Gold. Phasm. See, it's sad he had to sell a shirt to Chad because he's not doing well. That's an actual shirt <laughs> yeah, for Booster Gold? It Booster looks Gold. like a pair of panties that's with his- a star on it. <laughs> Which well, is why you, you're laughing because it, it does. Yeah, now that I look down, I'm like, damn it, he's right. I was Which wondering is, when you walked in, and I thought, ah, shit, I don't, I'm not going to no, understand is, what it is. This it's is probably Booster one Gold. of those things from that from Adult Swim. I got it at Warner Brothers Studios in uh, Los oh, Angeles. Oh, is this the time you made out with Ron Howard? No. I didn't even get within 10 feet of that man. But he did it in his head, Booster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, that Boost- slick, bald ginger. Booster Gold was created by Dan Jurgens. He first appeared in Booster Gold number one in February 1986. That's Boost- a new hero then. Yeah. In relative terms. Yeah. And Compared to everybody else we talked yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. And so Booster was created for one purpose. Essentially, he was a stereotype of the 1980s greed is good motto uh, that essentially defined the decade. Yes. Th- that was basically Booster Gold. And Gold's- it's never left us. No, it hasn't. We could do a whole episode of how the 80s past pop culture has technically never left. No, the economics bad, big government's bad. There's never left. Never left. So Michael John Carter was a star quarterback at Gotham University in the 25th century. He had a bright future, but was coerced to throwing football games by his father in order to win gambling, uh, obtain money through gambling. Uh, Michael was eventually caught, and his career was over. Uh, forced to take a job as a museum night watchman, Michael spent all of his time studying the heroes and villains from the 20th century. This inspires him to become a superhero to earn money to allow him to live a comfortable life. With the help of a security droid named Skeet... Go ahead. See, no, from the, no. So, see, Skeet, you see, can go from the window, window to, to the, the wall. wall. <laughs> Something about crawl. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make all those females. And Booster steals a suit. A Legion of Superhero Flight Ring and Brainiac 5's Force Field Belt. Hold on! <laughs> Brainiac whom? Five. Not one. Not one. It's Not like, two. It's like Leonard Part 6. Three. You don't need Totally to gone. <laughs> Four. Not even the ballpark. Nope. Five? 
five, and six is right out. <laughs> if you've went to seven, you've went too, too far. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's yeah. one person out there listening right now going, Python! Python! <laughs> uh, he uses Rip Hunter's time machine <laughs> to, tra- Hunter. <laughs> to travel to the 20th century to fight crime and earn wealth through endorsements. Uh, Booster Gold is one of my favorites uh, in comic books for many reasons. He started off as someone who really didn't care about the standard motivators that define most superheroes, protecting the innocent, stopping evil villains. Uh, All Booster cared about was getting a paycheck and becoming a celebrity. Uh, His schemes included becoming a repo man, forming his own super team, the Conglomerate, which uh, that that was built through corporate sponsorship. This sounds like it's a little on the nose. Yeah, and to use his superhero costume to promote products. He would actually patch on advertising like a NASCAR driver. Um, Booster has actually became a legitimate superhero, but sadly he constantly has to battle his own dignity as other heroes. uh, He has to battle for his own dignity as other heroes focus on his past exploits. There's even one. uh, James, do you know about Kui Kui Kui? No, that's that's new to me, Joe. Now he was too busy studying in college, yeah. so, nerd. So when Keith Giffins, who is a he's a famous comic book writer, but he's also he does a lot of comedic writing. Yes, he uh, got his hands on Booster Gold and Blue Beetle and turned them into basically the, uh, you know the the three stooges of comic books. Mm. And they found it. They found an island called Kui Kui Kui, and turned it into a resort. And it turned out Kui 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 was alive. <laughs> the it was a living island, and then there was um, a bunch of disasters, and basically it ruined their careers. Um, in the it, poor Blue Beetle, yeah. But um, later in, uh, thanks to Jeff Johns, he becomes a time traveling superhero who has maintained various timelines. While doing so, he has to maintain the persona of a goofball mm-hmm. to not draw attention to the fact that he's traveling through time, uh, correcting history and altering it. Because if they do, the villains will go back and destroy him as a baby, hmm. thereby uh, wiping out all of existence. Um, well, if Avengers Endgame taught me anything, yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite story arcs. Uh, he there was a there was a comic book story arc called Fifty Two, written by Jeff Johns and various other artists. It was actually a comic a week, which is unheard of because most comic books come out once a month. This came out once a week for fifty two weeks. And it told various stories of superheroes and villains, and Booster Gold was one of the better ones, which actually spun off into his own series. Uh, Justice League Generation Lost. Uh, Jeff Johns' run on Booster Gold. Uh, my personal opinion is that is one of the best story arcs in comic books. I highly recommend you seek it out. Sadly, Dan Jurgens kind of took it over, and it went downhill, and it pretty much ceased after that. Um, and Heroes in Crisis was just wrapped up in DC uh, Universe, and it's actually it did a really good story arc on Booster Gold being framed for murder. You know, you guys should do a comic book podcast. Now, this is going to be the second or third time um, I yeah, brought yes. up how you guys should branch <laughs> off on your own, yeah, and do your own podcast. Yeah, but Joe, we're afraid. Of hint, we, hint. Joe, we're afraid that if we lost you, it might be better. I think Joe's telling us he wants to get rid of us and he wants That's to do his own. That's not true. He I doesn't like us anymore. I not have anybody to talk to. Oh, wait. Yeah. Aww. First appearance on television. I think you'd be great at it. No, what I said first is actually my favorite appearance on television. He was in Justice, he, uh, the Justice League Unlimited animated series. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a story called The Greatest Story Never Told. Mm-hmm. And essentially, Booster Gold is uh, considered a joke. Um, all of the Justice League is fighting an evil villain uh, called Mordu, I think is his name. 
and they're it, it's destroying the city, and all the superheroes are fighting this uh, this evil wizard, and they put Booster Gold on crowd control, and he's not allowed to t- assist in the fight, and um, as a result, he's he's sitting there pouting because he's on he's on crowd control. And all of a sudden, because of the the incident, there's actually another incident that's actually even more crazy than the evil Mordu, that he has to save the entire world, and nobody is aware that it ever happened. What and is that on? Because I've seen that. It's Justice League Unlimited. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah, I've seen um, that episode. It's a really great story arc. It's it's 30 minutes, 20 minutes, actually. It's And it's it's a really great story involving Booster Gold. And it's probably one of the, um, in terms of Justice League Unlimited, the Justice League anime series by far, it was one of the best episodes. And it featured Booster Gold. So, James. I'm now, done. this is where you tell Brasso Quay to do what? Suck it. Mm. Which yeah. he's going to come back on the show, and we're going to have more f- further arguments about Booster Gold. Is he? Are they? No, uh, he might not. <laughs> I think they've got an open invitation, and they haven't picked up the phone. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Didn't Ken Kirk owe us more artwork? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking we probably ought to give him some more money. We've got a lot yeah, of yeah. mileage out of. Uh, yes. Yeah. He's a great artist. They're, they're both great artists, but. And if, if you don't know, Ken Kirk actually created the logo for Bonehead. Bonehead. So if you're listening to us on iTunes or SoundCloud and you see that Bonehead logo, that's Ken that's Kirk. That's Ken Kirk. He's a, he's a great artist. Check him out. James. I, I'm torn between which one I should do. I think I'm going to do this You're one. always torn. Why I'm, Do you just play Natalie and Brilliant on loop? I do. Why do you think there's certain things we can constantly go back to throughout the... Well, it's going to be 100 episodes before you know it. Yeah. Why is Natalie and Brilliant ingrained in us because she's fantastic <laughs> they made one other natalie and Bruya song song can you name the rest johnny of english can, uh, I say, yeah is that an actual song no but she's in the movie maybe did she do a song in the movie uh, maybe i don't know has anybody seen johnny she english reborn i've loved she, johnny english. me too she started as an actress, right? Because she I don't was know. on an australian soap opera look it up i think i'm right oh so did she's that what's her face i'm sure What's her face? Without an oh, she's, you know, pop star. Oh, uh, oh, she's the green fairy in Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Why am I blanking? Why is her name? She's in Biodome. Yeah, well, I know. I've never <laughs> seen Biodome. Well, uh, Can lost. we do a whole episode of how Polly Shore sucks? I've heard he's a very nice man. He I'll... probably is. I, I'm sure that he and Dave Coulier and who else do I fucking hate? I've heard hate. it. You, 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 you also hate Dave Coulier? Bad, yeah. You also said b- bad things you about Stephen that. Dorf. Remember you I don't Stephen like Dorf. Stephen Dorff. He's right up there with him. But you know, and I wanted said, Bill Malone to tell us such a good story of how Stephen Dorff was a dick. And he says that he's a wonderful human being. And it just yeah. made me hate Stephen Dorff. <laughs> <laughs> because maybe maybe the problem is that it's it's you, Joe. Maybe, but fuck Stephen Dorff. <laughs> Unless maybe, he wants to do this, Maybe the show, you and Atlantis Morissette need to start a We Hate Dave Coulier club. Coulier, Coulier, Coulier. I don't care. Uh, no, I, I'm going to do this one for Joe, I think. I'll do my second one for Joe. And that is DC character um, created in 1959, Sergeant Rock. Uh, Sergeant oh. Rock is... I've heard of him. He's not a superhero. He is... He's hard. He, no. <laughs> I have heard of him. Uh, I know. He is... Well, you should have. And the reason I say that is 1959 through 1988. I loved him in that one movie. I knew he was going to do it. <laughs> 1959 to t- 1988... And it was so popular. They Did you also ever see had... Southland Tales? I'm a pimp. A pimp. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was created by 
And I may be mispronouncing this. We should get him this. on the show. Oh, yeah. I Not may, The Rock, but the director of South Park. I, I may be mispronouncing this because I've never heard it. I've only read it. But created by Robert Knier, K-A-N-I-G-H-E-R, and Joe Kubert. Now, if you're a comic book fan or if you read comics, they used to always say, Joe Kubert will teach you how to draw. How did he write with no hands? Yeah. He's orange fuzzy. Is he fuzzy? Is Kubert fuzzy? Yeah, he's, he's, he's fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. supposed to be fuzzy, yeah. Oh. Anyway, he would, if, if you're a fan, he used to always be in the comic books, Joe Kubert's art school, which I think is still in, in business. Uh, anyway, great in 1959. During World War II, Sergeant Rock was kind of like Nick Fury. Before Nick Fury became Nick Fury that we know today, Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury was just a soldier who lost an eye, and later on they made him a superhero. That's not how he lost his eye. Um, <laughs> he lost his eye in the comics, the original comics. I know we're dealing with multiple universes, but because a piece of shrapnel hit him, and they could save his eye, but he would have to leave combat. And, of course... If Nick, Captain Marvel taught me anything, Farfignugan took that eye. Anyway, Sergeant Rock was What was the name of that cat? Of, I forget. A goose. Goose. Because goose. of Top Gun. Yeah. No, what was it? But the, the oh, animal. The, the, oh, I forget what they call him. My daughter, by the way, and I've said this on Twitter, but I'll say it again. My daughter's theory was they should have just kept Goose around. And when, th- as soon as they got the gauntlet, let Goose eat it. Wait a while. Thanos says it getting it from Goose. Literally, we're driving home from watching Endgame. My daughter is like, Goose could have saved them all that trouble. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so my daughter says that Goose would have caused Endgame to be a much shorter film. Uh, anyway, back to Sergeant Rock. Sergeant Rock. Uh, Sergeant Rock, during World War II, was in the U.S. Army and the European theater, eventually rose to authority within a unit. They never exactly say who's absolutely in charge of it, but he called the group Easy Company. And so basically they were a group it's of... been used several times. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of it came from Sergeant Rock, and I'll talk about how popular Sergeant Rock was, because a lot of kids today don't know Sergeant Rock, but he was huge. And what I was saying earlier was, 1959 to 1988, every month, sometimes twice a month, and he was so popular, even in the 80s, they had to put out digests. Of old stories because people wanted to keep reading. Didn't Shane Black almost make his movie? I, I'm going to get to that. Hold on. Uh, the unit was... Hold your shit, Joe Lewis! The unit... I'm sorry. I have something to add. But basically it was... You have a calculator? No. <laughs> got my penis. Um, oh, so it's a little math. <laughs> yeah, it does very little um, math. The, uh... Nothing grows in the shade! Basically, though, there was a group of individuals, and they were all too quirky to be with any other group, and they formed the. Easy I don't know company. why I just got a picture of you humping a thing of fertilizer. <laughs> the the character was grow so, grow. The character was so authentic when it was created. Oh, you should see my pubes. He, <laughs> I've got a mighty bush. <laughs> Whenever y'all are done, we'll get back to the topic. You done? You good? Can we go funny. on? You could, but anyway. this is more entertaining. <laughs> hey, um, get the Shane Black. No, it's not Shane Black. I'll get to that. Uh, Rock's dog tags were actually given and were standard. They never changed over time, and that's because Robert Knier was a vet and used his own actual dog tag. So it was 409966. And that's, that is Rock's dog tags. Um, his, he, the only thing he came close to have, ever having a catchphrase was because he led Easy Company, he would say things like, nothing's ever easy in Easy Company. Well, um, lame-ass catchphrase. It, he didn't have one. He was supposed to be a well, normal good soldier. Well, uh, The only thing about him was he always carried a grenade because he was a soldier. 
And he never had superpowers, though they did occasionally quip that he had what he called his combat antenna, which was that he was paranoid and he could see trouble coming before it got No, I'm getting... Beachhead always carry a grenade. (laughs) Hold Um, on. Hold on. I'm getting ready to... This is going to irritate you. Am I getting my comic book characters uh, uh, confused? Did he drive the haunted tank? Okay, now, here's the funny part about that, Chad. I know the Haunted Tank. I don't think he was affiliated with the Haunted Tank. I know the Haunted Tank. I've met the Haunted (laughs) Tank. You, sir, (laughs) are the Haunted haunted Tank. tank. (laughs) Bring it back for historical reference. He was stupidly popular, and this is where Joe's going to get somewhat interested, I hope. I've been interested. Um, This this face I have just means that I don't care. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) They have tried to make the movie multiple times about... Sergeant Rock. Schwarzenegger was going Schwarzenegger to play it. Schwarzenegger was going to play it, as was Bruce Didn't Willis. And ways. Bruce Willis is actually closer to what he would have been in comic. Younger Bruce Willis. He's too old now. But here's who wrote the squeen... The squeen? The squeen! squeen. The squeen plays! The squeen plays! <laughs> I said, the I'm not screen. cutting that out later. No, you shouldn't. I, I, I'm a 12-year-old boy. The screen plays... Here's the people you that... You are what you mean. Here's the people I'm not even going to acknowledge you. Oh, keep going. Here's the people who wrote the screenplays yeah. that didn't get made. David Webb Peoples. Uh-huh. He who, wrote a little movie called The Unforgiven. As well as the screenplay for Blade Runner, Lady Hawk, and Leviathan. He actually rewrote Blade Runner. Yeah. It was brought into... It's, nobody more cares. By the way, Robert Knier also created The Haunted Tank, but Sergeant Rock never... Okay, it. good. I... I Stephen E. D'Souza, is that how that said? Yeah, he wrote uh, 48 Hours. Commando, uh, Die Hard, and yeah. Judge Dredd. Oh, the one that I would I'm have... sorry, I don't need to look. <laughs> Keep going. The one that I would have loved to see get made was a screenplay written by John Milius. Oh, that'd be oh, cool. Oh, yeah, that would have been cool. Wind in the Lion, Conan the Barbarian, Red Dawn, for people who don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also Brian Hegelin is it Hegelin? Yeah, he wrote Nightmare on M Street Four. But most people remember him. Well, he's one of the many writers. Actually, Nightmare on M Street Four is Mick. Uh, yeah. is our friend Mick will tell you was made up along the, along the way. Yeah. But he's uh, he actually most people remember Brian from A Knight's Tale. He actually also wrote the screenplay for Mystic River and L.A. Confidential. Yeah, yeah. He, L.A. Confidential is he won the uh, Razzie and the Oscar in the same year. He showed up for both. And more, the most recent... <laughs> He's one of the only people to ever do that. The That's most cool. recent screenplay uh, is by John Cox, who has a ton of credits, but none of them have been made. Or a few of them have been made. Uh, what were you pointing at? I'm not making fun of people named John. <laughs> um, you talked about uh, directors. The most recent director, and this is how long it's been since it's, it's gotten far enough to have a director <laughs> assigned to it, was Guy Ritchie was assigned to it. And he stepped Ugh. back. He stepped back to making these. Uh, this film with Robert Downey Jr. That's how long ago that they got it far enough to get a director attached. Um, however, I thought you might find this interesting. Sergeant Rock was so well liked as a character that when these this toy company in the eighties came up with these little plastic army guys that they called GI Joe, mm-hmm. DC had a little bit of a bidding war for Sergeant Rock. And Remco won it. And so if you go back and you can find them, and we talked, speaking of the interview, one thing that we'll talk about with the Greers that came in the interview is sometimes the off-brand stuff is worth more than the other stuff. Remco's Sergeant Rock line, which was based on the comics, but also meant to directly compete with G.I. Joe in the 80s, was huge for a very brief blip in time. Here's where it goes full circle, though. In 2002, Sergeant Rock was still so popular. With, with whom? With... 
with older fans. Okay. That G.I. Joe licensed it, and in 2002, they made five figures, 12-inch figures of the 12-inch figures, uh, based on Sergeant Rock, which would have been Sergeant Rock, Bulldozer, and some of the other characters. And they made the only love interest that Sergeant Rock ever had, which was a female French spy, basically. Uh, who I believe in the comics get killed. Now, what's funny about Sergeant oh, Rock? Miss Goat. What's funny about Sergeant Rock is he <laughs> only exists in two universes. She had to, she had to keep pushing him towards a cliff. <laughs> and yeah, Sergeant the Rock, goat raped him. <laughs> Sergeant Rock only technically well, he exists in all parallel universes that DC has, or all the different Earths or whatever. But two, he's best known in two. One is Earth One, where it's just normal people. The other one is Earth 2, where he met... Uh, that show got canceled. He, yes, I know, Joe. Uh, he met Bruce Wayne, he met some other people, and they tried to influence him with superheroes. But here's what's funny. Um, in b- the different Earths, in one Earth, he, he dies at the end of World War II. The last shot fired before peace happens is the one bullet that kills him. In the other Earth, he lives and he grows old. But he has a definitive storyline. The reason this is also important, though, is because a lot of the war comics of the time eventually adapted to add other things. Marvel Comics, actually, if if you're a fan of Marvel Comics and you're of a certain age, uh, The Nam, which was a Marvel comic that was originally designed to, it was going to run just as long as the Vietnam War did, symbolically, and it was going to follow a, a troop and people got killed and all that stuff. But eventually, the sales started to slump, and they added in like a Frank Castle Punisher cameo mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Sergeant Rock never did that. It was always these guys are just army guys, and they happen, you know, they live. Um, the interesting thing is, if um, Kanire was writing it, it was very much a procedural military thing. Uh, Joe Kubert wrote for a while, and when Joe Kubert wrote it, because he had more of the artist mindset, he wanted to be able to draw wounds and all of this stuff and make it more visually dramatic. So it, it, he never was a superhero, but if Joe Kubert was drawing it, you bet he got the living daylights kicked out of him. Uh, and so it was very much a military story. What's the other one? It's not Sergeant Rock. I'm almost positive. Isn't that not what Shane Black is holding as a Sergeant Rock copy, a comic and Predator, when they go to the end credit scenes where they have the thing, he brings it down? Is it not Sergeant Rock? It might Rock? be. I'll, I'll look that up real quick if Ch- uh, so, okay. Chad wants to start. Here. All right, so I'll, I'll, I'll get through one real quick. So, uh, my next one, um, so Steve Ditko, mm-hmm. who co- who helped create Spider-Man, actually created two of my favorite com- two of my favorite DC comics, and I was completely unaware that Steve Ditko deserved credit for them. The Creeper, mm. created by Steve Ditko and Don Siegel. You know who took him down? Who? Scooby-Doo. No, I don't think that's true. Yeah, it uh, is. Uh, creeper, the st- creeper, <laughs> the creeper. Don't you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Scooby Doo took him down. So why are we talking about it? <laughs> a fucking talking dog can take him down. This one's cooler than that creeper. Uh, his... You ever had creeper weed? No. Creeps up on you. Have you well, had it? Well, real Kevin quick, and I used to talk about Real quick, about before you get into the creeper, I will go ahead and say this. Um, uh, you are, uh, I believe you are correct, Joe. He does. A uh, matter of fact, actually, oh, I meant to say this too. Uh, in Tank Girl, in mm-hmm. the graphic novel, didn't make it into the film, but Tank Girl's helmet has a a reference to Sergeant Rock on it because uh, Sergeant Rock ain't allowed to dock. Ah. Uh, 
So, uh, huh. the Creeper first appearance in Showcase 73 in April 1968 when Ditko left Marvel to create a few new characters for DC. Hmm. Uh, the Creeper was his first creation. Ditko worked with a young Denny O'Neill in his first series. Um, Jack Ryan, so not only was the Creeper created by Steve Ditko, but the person who helped uh, create the, the Creeper as well was uh, Denny O'Neill, one of the most amazing comic book creators of all time. What did he create? He didn't. He didn't create. I'm sorry. He did. He did amazing runs on Green Lantern, Batman, uh, so on and so on. Uh, Jack Ryder is a controversial talk show host. While investigating a new mir- miracle cure, he is caught between a gang of mobsters and the inventor of the mysterious serum. Determined to help the scientist, Ryder is shot at and eventually stabbed fatally by the mobsters. The scientist then injects Ryder with this serum as he lay dying. Uh, this serum transforms Ryder into the yellow-skinned, green-haired, red furry-backed creeper. He has a big mane of red fur hanging off his back. Uh, the the creeper's powers consist of superhuman strength, enhanced speed, and reflexes, healing. He has really crazy claws. Um, uh, the ability to climb walls, and here is the the coolest power that he has. He has a laugh that causes physical plant pain. It is so high frequency. Just like me. And so lunatic. Uh, it's such a crazy laugh that it literally brings the people to their knees. I have. None of them are funny. Keep going. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the Creeper is essentially a take on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Okay. Uh, the comic even has Ryder believing that the Creeper is an entirely different person altogether. Uh-huh. They have conversations with one another. Um, my favorite stories, uh, Welcome to Creepville, was actually written by Steve Nile. Which you would know from 30 Days of Night. Right. Which is one of my favorite comics. Yes. And you would love this one because he the, the take on the Creeper is dark. Oddly enough, there really is. Okay, that's but once again, it doesn't fit in superheroes. <laughs> well, I mean, they kill vampires. So. Yeah, but it's a husband-wife. And yeah. there's still big flaws with it that they didn't even fix for the damn movie. Sorry, keep going. No, no. Uh, Batman and the Outsiders. Uh, Justice League International Volume 1, where he battles the Gray Man, who is this omnipotent... He really is. It's, it's, <laughs> no, no. I just, oddly enough, Gray Man, purple. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a, he's this character that feels nothing, and he... he uh, because, uh, so he's like me. <laughs> yeah, so he's able, to, he's, able to, he's able to manipulate time and space and create multiple copies of himself. And how does the Creeper get him, uh, uh, defeat him? He sits on his face. <laughs> Did he tell him that he loves him? <laughs> what? No. Which came first? Life gray can man? be fine, the, Chad. The gray man. If we both sixty nine. The gray man. It, did that come before or after the mindless ones? Uh, it sounds like the mindless. The gray ones. man was uh, the first villain featured in Justice League International. So I would say the mindless ones. Mindless came ones first. probably came first. Uh, why I like him? He is a truly twisted. No idea. He is a truly twisted antihero. Mm. Um, he's not a superhero at all. Uh, he generally doesn't care about fighting crime as Jack Ryder. He just wants to be a TV host and hates everything about the Creeper. As the Creeper, he just wants to cause fear and insanity at any cost. He is a truly like un- me. Yeah, <laughs> he is a truly unstoppable force and wants to do nothing more than cause chaos. Um, somehow, these two personalities could combine to make one of the most interesting heroes in comic book lore. Um, there's been several different takes. The, the Creeper has not been featured a lot at all, which is one of the reasons why I kind of like him because you actually have to search for, for uh, features of him. There was um, a DC run called Battle for Hell, and this is one of the things that pissed me off because the Creeper can actually is actually just... He's supposed to be an alter ego to this, this guy, 
based off a scientific experiment gone wrong. Uh-huh. But in this one, they actually turned it into the creeper as a demonic possession. Mm-hmm. So he's in hell. At, there's like an army of creepers in, in hell. Is the demon there too? Etrigan? Yes, the, the, the demon Etrigan's there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so demon, the creeper. Demon Etrigan, uh, yeah. The, the creeper, if you like weird, dark heroes, check out the creeper. Real quick, and I want to jump back. You did mean, I know we're running out of time, but before it quits, I think I got a second. Um, you mentioned uh, Predator. You were absolutely right. Shane Black is reading Sergeant Rock 408, which came out when they were filming Predator. So that was the new issue at the time. Also, I mentioned earlier, used in Tank Girl, uh, Xander Harris in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer always references Sergeant Rock as well. And for Simpsons fans, if you're a fan of The Simpsons, and actually I do love this episode, the episode Raging Abe Simpson and his grumbling grandson in The Curse of the Flying Hellfish is modeled after, basically makes Abe Simpson into Sergeant Rock. So Sergeant Rock has a huge cultural impact, but the kids today, you see, they don't know the Sergeant Rock. (laughs) And they sure as hell don't know that haunted tank. No. Where's that haunted tank now, DC? Put it on the CW. All right, Chad, you're up. Am I up? No, James. Did you, me? Okay. Um, I want to talk about, and I know this was a character used in Arrow, <coughs> uh, but I want to talk about it because I think it's a character that I would talk he about. He wasn't it. utilized enough in the Arrow, let's face it. Yeah, they didn't do his full backstory. They do a quick throwaway line about where he came from, and that would be Ragman. And and Ragman, okay, so if you're, if you're a DC Comics fan... You have to know that there was pre-crisis and post-crisis, and crisis happened in the eighties, right? Was yes, nineteen eighty-six. Yeah. Um, pre-crisis, Rory Regan was a Vietnam veteran who was Irish. Um, no, his, I think the crisis was nineteen eighty-three. Go ahead. Uh, his father was a junk peddler and always wanted his son to have better. This is his, Kirk Douglas' story. His son is trying to help him. Seriously, uh, his autobiography was called Son of a Ragman. Or something, look it up. Oh, shit. He, uh, in, so it, what ends up happening pre-crisis and then the universe gets reset. But his father is drinking one night with his old friends who worked in all these different companies and did all had all these different skill sets. And while they're drinking, they find a mattress, but it's stuffed full of money. So they take <laughs> the money and they're all old and they said, hide this for your boy. That way he can have a better life. Unfortunately, it turns out the money was owned by the mob. And they find out who took it. And they come to kill the people that took it, which would be the old man. The ragman's son. And he... uh, So they come to kill him when they're shooting them and killing them and doing all this stuff. Power lines fall. And they hit the old man. And electric current goes through all of them. And also hits Rory. It kills all the old men, but he survives. And when he wakes up, he realizes he has all the skill sets they had in life, which one of them was a weightlifter, one of them was a boxer, one of them was, you know, they've just gotten old. And he decides to fight crime. That's pre-crisis. Nobody cares about that. Post-crisis, Rory Regan is working in a rag shop, basically, with his father, family, and they... Basically get in the rags and tatters of all of this different stuff. Um, um, the, I'm sorry, Joe. It's It gets complicated because basically Ragman, the rags are representative of pieces of people's souls. Yep. 
Yeah. And so he like has that t-shirt to shirt blanket I have. Yeah, that's it's just like that, Chad. Joe. You. <laughs> I'm Joe. That's Chad. Well, why don't one of you grow a beard so I can take a part? You're Jim. Uh, I can't grow a beard. I have a beard. You need glasses. Is it, I've, well, I've got glasses. You need Is he blood? glasses. <laughs> um, Magoo. Now there, there, uh, that's a comic. Every time though he kills Leslie Nielsen was fantastic, wasn't he? <laughs> he does. He does. Every time he kills somebody though, it also adds a new rag to the costume. So every and time Freddy collects another soul, and his strength is enhanced per each soul. Yes. And he's also, he uses magic. He has mystical powers as well. So, and that's basically the plot line is that he is. This is one of your favorites? It sounds like a goofy idea. I love Bragman as well. But it's it's very much tied up. As opposed to Hawkman? It's also tied up a lot into Jewish culture and the idea of the soul as talked about in the Torah and things like that. So he brings a. What's the clay monster called again? Gollum. Gollum. A golem. He brings a golem. Does it got a golem? Because well, here's the thing: if he kills somebody that is evil, their evil is transferred to him as well. Uh, so um, he's just a person. When the evil souls uh, hungered for looks, murder, looks like that Fantastic Four villain. Then he, what? What he does with the green cape? Doctor Doom? Yeah, it looks like Doctor Doom. Mummy Doom. Doctor well, Dumb Mummy. <laughs> We're having a show. Does that mum- not look at that don't tell me that that's not Doctor Dumb Mummy. Now in all fairness, <laughs> wouldn't you love to see Sam Raimi do something with that? You got a lizard? There's like a no, lizard it's, there. It's that looks the, different than the one you showed me. It's all That's, the souls trapped in the rags yeah, behind. Well him you keep and, moving it around. You're a stupid iPad. <laughs> there he looks like Killshot. Oh <laughs> Killshot? Is he just making up names? <laughs> No, there actually is a character. I know there's a kill shot. I'm trying to silence him. I believe in Jesus um, playing him. But, uh... But yeah. yeah. That's the only reason you know who kill shot is, don't you? No. No? No, I was in the war. <laughs> they called me Joe Killshot Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Had nothing to do with the rifle, you know. Mainly because yeah. they, they kept running him out to hopefully get shot. I for him. made this delicious stew. You want me to go on from there? No, do you want to hear the rest of the kill shot story? No human decoy. Stop. Anyway. Human decoy was Buford. <laughs> Buford Cummins. Ragman does appear in the arrow, but as Chad said, he's introduced. They never really give him a backstory after. In the D in the Arrowverse, he basically there's a town that's going to get effectively nuked, and his father just comes to him and says Wraps him in the rags and says, these will protect you. And everybody else dies but him. And he's the lone survivor. Mm. And you, he finds out that these things are... But you never get the real story. Ragman's an interesting character, though, because it is a very dark kind of thing. I mean, he is a vigilante. He's kind of an anti-hero. But if he kills you, it adds to the weight of his costume. It adds... He feels your intent... So he deals with whatever you were dealing with. So if you were a murderer, he feels that need, that pressure. If you were a saint, he feels your loss. He feels so. It's it's much more a thinking comic than I'm just going to bust skulls and there's not going to be any repercussions because I have a hidden identity. He never gets to escape his actions. And what's that stew called you put everything into? A burgoo? burgoo? No, not a burgoo. German version. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. You mind comp free the Wiener Schnitzel? No, no. No, Wiener Schnitzel is like a flat piece of steak or pork. It's like a pork. But I'll jump in on the Ragman. There's a great superhero team called Shadow Pact. It was kind of like an early version of Justice League Dark, as we mentioned previously. And Ragman was kind of the leader of the group uh it consisted of the blue devil detective chimp which is actually a really it sounds dumb but the character is really fascinating is it a chimp it's a chimp that's sherlock holmes he's he's he, he goes and solves crimes like sherlock holmes he, he actually dresses like sherlock holmes but he's a chimp enchantress nightmaster nightshade hold on War- i heard enchantress yeah warlock's daughter and zoriel mm. um, what's but- warlock's daughter look like Oh, by the way, the... Oh, uh, she's not in this picture. I don't know. By the way, I want to say real quick, I mentioned earlier Injustice, which is a fighting game for DC Comics. That's Warlock's daughter. Well, hello, brunette in crimson, Chad. (laughs) Weren't we just having this conversation earlier? So Warlock's daughter is basically the Scarlet Witch. Hold on, bring her back. But she's pale. I'm Joe Lewis. <laughs> How um, you do it? We mentioned I know earlier. I'm this fat, is, but I'm funny. She can't is, go to the beach, Joe. You're automatically not going to connect. This is. This, I don't. I we mentioned Green Arrow beach. having a sarcastic attitude, and I mentioned Injustice being a sign of that. In Injustice Two, before the fight between the Green Arrow and Scarecrow, Scarecrow's insult to. Or, I'm sorry, Green Arrow's insult to Scarecrow goes, Oh crap, it's Ragman. <laughs> that he won't even acknowledge that Scarecrow is a separate character. Uh, so, uh, again, but Ragman is. Is supposed to be funny? Ragman is much more of a. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> then why did you laugh? Why did you give him a courtesy laugh? Ragman he put down is, his iPad. I'm a good friend. And now no, he's rubbing his eyeball. Out, I was trying to point out that Ragman is Don't put your a, finger in your eye. A, you don't know where that finger has been. Ragman is more of a thinking character, so maybe it's not for you, Joe. Why are you giving me shit? I have done nothing but no, ask you all no, questions. No. And honestly, I know Recommend that I'm Recommend Police to be, Academy to me again, I'm Joe. I'm trying to please. be funny. But honestly, a lot of these questions I really feel are legitimate. I'm asking you. No, well, that's, that's the problem is with Ragman. The problem is, as Chad kind of ref, referenced with some of the other characters, all this really depends on who's writing it. Like Superman and Captain America, and I know we're talking DC, but Superman and Captain America to me have the same issue. They can be boring as hell characters. Yep. Yeah. But with a great writer. Captain comes America. great responsibility. Cap- that would be spider Superman. Captain America. <laughs> this is why we lose subscribers. Right, right there. There's I someone that's think- a diehard Spider-Man fan going, he, no, I ain't going to watch this show no more. Anyway. Um, I don't think that I happened. think that's true for most things. Like, let's say you have, I don't know, a, 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 an idea, and you write this book that's seven books long, I think it's seven, about a tower. I'm going to say the tower is dark. Oh. Uh, and then somebody that's not as good a writer as you gets to adapt it into, let's say, a screenplay. Now, you can put great actors in there. Let's say, hypothetically, you get your Matthew McConaughey in there <laughs> and your, your Elba. Uh, great actor. Great actor. Yeah, he's a good actor. And you make this film. Now, if you're writing, if your characters that were created by this great writer... He's, he's gets Well, he does okay. He does okay for himself. Um, he makes 11. If he... Is not doing it, and it's done by somebody that maybe doesn't have as good a handle on the character. I don't think Stephen King should write the, the, um, the screenplay no. in any way, shape, or form. But, but you somebody will eventually get it. But, 
Well, I mean, now it's going to be an Amazon series. Amazon. It's going to be an Amazon so, series. But anyway, so my point there being, the whole time. I think that's the problem with comic books, because Ragman or any of these characters, you can make a compelling character. I get it. I, I really do. But the problem is, is, if I sit down and let you read every Ragman stories, about half of them are trash. Now, the problem is, if I sit down and let you read every Superman story, I would almost say 60% of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, there's more, than, more that. than that. More than that. And, and so that's what... Shit, how many Bonehead episodes are just trash? Oh, man. We're probably at episode 95, 96 at this mm. point. 90, 90, 91. <laughs> 91? Which, which is the good ones, Chad? Um, you know what ones are? The ones where we didn't do the talking. <laughs> no, I the, guest, the guest episodes. Uh, are those your our episodes? No, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, when we mixed her on, mixed her on's first episode. And We're talking on episode, about superheroes. Um, I know, I was those, just curious. Uh, but no, and that's my point. So, I mean, yeah, I agree. Because if you <clears> tear apart... Some of the Ragman stories, they are doofy. I just think it's fascinating that when you have doofy. a... Doofy. Uh, doofy. I said are doofy. you picking up colloquialisms in this place you called never, Alabama? No. Oh, I've heard it. You just never said it before. I Actually, I say it to my kids all the time. Doofy is what I say when I'm trying to <laughs> edit myself or my children instead of going... When you say, oh, are you eat up with a dumbass? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying not to say that because they tell me that's bad for their psychology. Is it? I don't know. Try it. I tell you what, you raised your kid throwing that out. My dad but... raised me calling me Wadsworth, and it was not in reference to Butler. It was because I was portly. <laughs> and that had no impact on you. No whatsoever. impact whatsoever. Oh. What am I doing with this knife in my hand? <laughs> there's, like, there's eyes twitching. So, uh, my next character, the question. Oh, God. Uh, what? Oh, I just didn't know we're going to get into existentialism with this fucking show. So the question was created by, also created by Steve Ditko. Um, Is his last name Mark? Did Steve? Did Steve Ditko? He looks like uh, what's his face from that one show. Did he leave? Rorschach? Well, he does look like Rorschach. No. By the way, the fact that you were able to ascertain that from the gibberish that just poured forth. From my... I said it earlier, and I'm quoting David Letterman. No off position on the genius switch. <laughs> I don't know I didn't Honestly, I did research on this, and I didn't include it, and I wish I would have now since you brought that up. The uh, Steve Ditko created the question and another character that is similar to the question. It's called exclamation. No, it's called, it's called like Mr. No. A or he Mr. He came no, around it, when booms happened. But no, he was called... <laughs> Actually, my favorite one is... You're both wanting to laugh. No, just go ahead and no, do it. No, I'm not wanting to laugh. I'm just trying to get out. Actually, he totally ripped off my idea, even though I wasn't born yet of. Huh? <laughs> no, everybody was like, quick, somebody get that hoop superhero. The, the hoop, hoop soup. The, the, the amazing, huh? I would I would read the hoop soup. The hoop <laughs> soup. But no, um, to answer your question, and I don't have the fact here, and I didn't write the character's name down, but Steve Ditko created the question, and then another character that is very similar to the question called, it's either Mr. A or Mr. Z or something similar to that. It's not Mr. E. And that's who Alan, no. Oh, no. see what he did there? Yes. I mean, it would make sense no. with Mr. E. Come on. But whoever that character is, that's who Alan Moore took inspiration to create Warshack. Because what I wanted to ask about that is, because Steve Ditko is one of 
Marvel's huge creators. Probably yes. sec- I mean, you got Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Mm-hmm. But then you had Ditko and Lee created a bunch of characters, too. I'm so not, I wondered when he left Marvel. What, he left Marvel off and on because even even here, the question, it wasn't created for DC Comics. It was created for Charlton Comics and Blue Beetle number one in 1967. I, uh, Charlton Comics Blue Be- was bought out by DC, and that's how Blue Beetle ended up. Yes. And, um, yeah, so Victor Sage. Yeah. Uh, he was an investigative journalist in Hub City. He began investigating an illegal black market operation for um, of a miracle artificial skin called Sudoderm, which was an artificial skin that could be used to heal burn victims. Dark man. Yep. Through groundbreaking, I thought that too. Mm-hmm. Through groundbreak, though groundbreaking, the Sudoderm had to use a gas in order to seal itself onto the human uh, skin, um, and this gas um, uh, was lethal to humans, so it could never be used. But it was being sold on the black market um, to, for desperation purposes. Um, in order to expose um, this evil operation, Victor Sage used the pseudoderm um, to cover his own face and give him a featureless blank face to hide his identity because he he wanted to get this out there, but he did not want to have his identity exposed in the process. Um, after stopping the villains, uh, Sage realized that he could use this new secret identity as the question to stop crimes and investigate stories that he could not do on his own. Um, now, sadly, Charlton Comics shut down their superhero line after Ditko created the question. I mean, it was it was almost immediately following. He created the question, and right after that, they stopped public uh, using uh, creating superhero comics in or- because they got the rights to Hanna Barbera properties. So they basically spent all their time creating comics for Hanna Barbera. Um, the question would not be seen again. So he was created in 1967. He did not. He was not seen again until 1983, uh, when Charlton sold all their properties to DC Comics, and the question was seen in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, the two best portrayals of the question were in DC Comics uh, 52 series, as mentioned with Booster Gold. Um, in this one, um, Victor Sage, um, he's dying of lung cancer. Uh, it's never uh, because he was a heavy smoker. Even in the comic books, he's always been pictured smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So uh, they finally wrote it that he was dying of lung cancer, and it's basically him. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, he's training a new uh, a, a, a new uh, question who uh, goes a on protege, the, a protege. Thank you, uh, Renee Montoya, who was featured very heavily in DC Comics uh, and, and, her, and in the Batman story arc because she was a cop for uh, Gotham City. Um, and also Justice League Unlimited, where he was voiced by Jeffrey Combs. Again, um, it's another one of my favorite uh, stories in uh, the, the Justice League Unlimited. Because what they do uh, with the question in the animated series is they make him a conspiracy nut. Uh-huh. Like, he's not all there. In the comic books, Victor Sage is, is very cunning. He's uh, very smart. He knows what to do to get the job done. Uh, I, I mentioned this in the Batman villains um, episodes. There's actually a really great story arc where the he's fighting the Riddler and the Riddler has a gun to a woman's head. And he's saying that if the question does not answer his riddles, he will blow this woman's head off. And what does the question do for every riddle? The, the Riddler throws at him. The question hits him with a question that's unanswerable. And it basically breaks down the Riddler to the point of where he, he, he can't even function because he cannot answer the question's questions. It's really cool. Um, but his portrayal as Jeffrey, uh, as done by uh, in Justice League Unlimited, he's a conspiracy nut. He's trying to figure out the whole, that he, he has this whole board up as to actually that there's some unknown entity um, guiding the Justice League to um, 
their their, their fights, destiny. their destiny. Um, and there's one and there's one scene where he's going into a museum or a, a, a business and he's singing a pop song <coughs> as he bashes the windows down. And Jeffrey Combs doing it in that weird Jeffrey Combs creepy voice. It's fantastic. Destiny, so, destiny, no escaping that for me. So the question. So that's uh, not my final one. But James, go ahead. What's your one? This will be kind of the one that I wrap up on because it is my probably, especially came out right when I was uh, I was still in high school. But I just love this character, um, and I mentioned before on the show. But I, I want to set up because the first somebody came, a friend of mine. I had a few in high school came in and said, "Hey, you've got to read this comic." And I was like, I don't need to read another comic. I don't. I've, I've already got my pulls at White Crow Comics. Rest in peace, Fred. Uh, but um, uh, he said, No, no, you would love this. And he said, Let me pitch you the first page. And I said, Okay. He said, This guy is basically homeless, and his first words are, Two seconds ago, I found out I could fly. And then in the next panel on the page he gets shot and he dies because he finds out he can fly because it's there's a drive-by getting ready to happen and there's two kids walking and they're going to get shot and he wants to help them but he's just you know homeless basically and he he wants to help them and then all of a sudden he flies out and he takes the shots for them and he dies and then he wakes up and I was like, okay, I'll give the comic a shot. I ended up falling in love with this character. I own every issue. I own the trade paperbacks, even though I own the original issues. It's Resurrection Man. So Resurrection Man is Mitch Shelley, named after... I've seen him before. Named James after... The Shelley obviously him. comes from... Ad nauseum. Frankenstein. Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. What? But um, he's... What I love about him is, if you read the comics... He's not Superman. He's not Batman. He's not. He is very much a street level hero, even though he has the best <coughs> power of all. He can't die, and that's a lie. He dies constantly, but when he dies, he comes back with the power. He doesn't get to keep any of the other ones. He just comes back with whatever he needs, and it's usually influenced by what killed him the last time. In the very beginning, he has no memory of who he is, and that's why he's living on the street. And there's a ton of ton of conspiracy theories about well maybe he's immortal man maybe he's something like that and all of that turns out to be false um with a bunch of other people including the phantom stranger and the spirit and all these supernatural characters saying we can tell that you've lived a long time but the more modern update is um that he was experimented on by some, uh, just a group that called themselves the lab and the lab was ran by hooker Nothing. nothing. T.J. No. Hooker is, and you find out later. The lab, the shop. I, I'm the actually giving Stephen away. I, I'm messing up the storyline a little bit because if you're when, from when the was it, when was the character created? 1997. Okay, so, so no, Stephen King would have gotten the jump on that. Hook, it sounds like the shop. Sorry, Hooker was a firestarter. Hooker was a the leader of the thing, but what I'm you find out about later... Not that far. When you get <laughs> Not the one where you smack the bitches up. When, when you get introduced to Hooker... That's two separate songs, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's Firestart, yes. Yeah. Uh, Hook, when you get introduced to Hooker, you don't know his backstory yet, but I'm going to go and tell you his backstory. He ran the lab and found out You're that... You're such a prodigy. <laughs> he, that he had a terminal illness. And basically the lab was... 
He was a oh, so we're finally getting to Deadpool. Deadpool, I knew that was coming. <laughs> he was a doctor that realized he had a terminal illness, and he never had hurt anybody. He had never done anything. He took his Hippocratic oath very seriously, but he can't believe he's going to die. So they're working on these nanites to improve people, and he starts giving them to himself. But take that back. First, he starts bringing in homeless people. Because he can experiment them on and nobody cares. So he goes from this, I want to hurt anybody, to these people don't matter. Cut forward to, he's, he's pursuing Mitch Shelley, who doesn't remember who he is at the time. Because Mitch Shelley's the only one, other one that survived. And he survived, Hooker says, whole. Hooker, to stay alive, has to eat people. He eats the hearts. And there's even, a, in the first issue, there's a thing thrown out because Mitch Shelley's afraid it's him, mm-hmm. that there's somebody going around eating hearts, and Mitch Shelley has some concerns of, is it me? Do When I think I'm dead, do I actually eat people? Um, turns out to be Hooker, and Hooker is pursuing him because he's the only other one that survived, and he wants to know how. It introduced a bunch of other characters. They're, the body doubles are these female assassins that get hired by the lab to... to Kill Mitch Shelley, which they later realize they can't. Um, but what's cool about it is every time he dies, he does come back with another power. My favorite issue of Mitch Shell of, of Resurrection yeah, Man. That's the body doubles. It's the second or third Let's issue, go back I to think. That one chick with the dark is, hair and uh, the red outfit. <laughs> is he meets the Justice League, but he doesn't meet them. It's one of the coolest issues ever in comics because it's Justice League versus a huge do you remember the villain? I think you read this, right? Or what? Uh, where Mitch Shelley, the one you know, with Arnold Schwarzenegger League. and Kurt Douglas. Oh man, I don't know the, I don't know the villain. It's, it's one of the big villains, and they're knocking it's kind down of a comic, kind of a Looney Tunes feel to the movie. Go. Yeah, there she go. go, the Red Witch. What's uh, her name? Again? Warlock's daughter. Uh, Why can't she just be her own person? This is so sexist. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mitch Shelley as Resurrection Man sees the Justice League, but it's not a traditional team up. Because Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, they're all in it and they're fighting this big creature. And all Mitch Shelley sees is these people's homes getting destroyed and all these different <laughs> things happen. I was going through your Tumblr and found this. And <laughs> he realizes that the Justice League doesn't care about the street mm. level people. He realizes that Batman could care less that he just crushed somebody's home. And so it's a really interesting issue because... You normally read comics and be like, oh, they wiped out half the town and then Superman showed up and saved everybody. Mitch Shelley is on the ground and there's even a point where Superman shows up and goes, you need to get to safety, citizen. Or something like that. And and, and Resurrection Man goes, who's going to get everybody else to safety? You don't care. And so it's a big commentary on the fact that we see all this destruction and everything that superheroes do. And Mitch Shelley, at that point, I believe he has powers that he can phase through stuff. So he's phasing through buildings on fire and getting out people that can't get out on their own and everything. And, of course, at the end, it shows the newspaper, Justice League saves the, you know, the city. Yeah. And Mitch Shelley just walks away because he realizes the superheroes don't really care. They only care about the big things. They've got a little bit of this. I know they get poo-pooed on with Zack Snyder's uh, Superman. And, and that's, um, Which one's that? That's Black Canary. Yeah. Um, you know she ain't real. <laughs> but what's interesting is if just like my chances. <laughs> if you're if you're a fan of the Arrowverse, you know, and and the Arrowverse I know, includes still the, going. the legend Le, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, they fight Vandal Savage. Uh, Mitch Shelley ends up fighting Vandal uh, Savage as well because they're both immortal, and you find out that he's been he's fought him before. 
but he's not linked to any of the other immortals. What's funny about it is, I wanted to say this, uh, the reason Resurrection Man was created was um, the creators are Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning, and Jackson Weiss. And uh, Abnett and Lanning had the chance to reboot for Marvel Comics when they worked for Marvel. They worked for Marvel first. A a little-known team called the Great Lake Avengers because there was... You had Avengers... what? You had Avengers West Coast. Where in Michigan did they live? Seriously. No, In the 80s, you had Avengers, which the Avengers, the quote-unquote Avengers, were on the East Coast, New York City. You had the West Coast Avengers, and then you had the Great Lake Avengers. The Great Lake Avengers basically were the runner-ups... And they were led now, by. Now hold on, Joe. They were you would remember the Great Lake. You would remember that he likes to mention this. So I'm going to give it to him. You remember the Great Lake Avengers because it was brought up in our Comic Con panel where I brought up Doorman. Anyway, I don't remember Doorman. I just remember Lard Lad, <laughs> Fat Man. <laughs> anyway, well, before we have to stop, that's Matter Eating Lad. Matter Eater Lad. I, yeah. I, I prefer Lard. Anyway, lad. I should have been writing this shit from the Planet Bismal. Hi, John. Anyway, did you stop? Yeah, yeah, we did an hour and fucking half. No, no, we we still had time. I was trying to get that man. Now you can finish. Get a finish. Get a finish. Get a finish. Get a finish. All right, then, Admiral. Sit there for a second. That is the worst impersonation of Dana Carvey doing Ross Perot. (laughs) Admiral, finish up so I can finish, so I can wrap it up. You had to finish so that I can go to bed. Anyway, anyway. good God, it's only 10.45, Grandma. What time do you usually go to bed? Two. It ain't important. I know, because you're already in bed by now. <laughs> I go to bed by 2 a.m. Nobody cares. No one asked you. Don't you over there sit You didn't say, Chad, you, what time do you, you go to bed? You threw sergeant, it out the peanut gallery. You and your sergeant cock can go wanting. It usually doesn't. Uh, anyway, no. Uh, so, Resurrection Man, wrapping this uh, part of it up. What I do... The, the two reason, kids later, you still can't wrap up. That's not even funny. No, you phoned that one in. Yeah. Just like you did the last 30 minutes of getting through no, Resurrection I'm, And Man. he phoned that in with a rotary dial, too. That's how bad that joke was. <laughs> no, my iPhone um, is touch, is touch button. What? <laughs> touch button. Anyway. What did you just came out of your mouth? Resurrection Man was created <laughs> because when they had the chance to reboot Great Lake Avengers, oh, their geez. actual comment was it was led no by Mr. Immortal. And they literally said in a meeting with Marvel Brass, that's the lamest power ever because he's just immortal. Like, there's nothing, we can't illustrate him doing anything cool other than, I'm still alive! When they went to DC, they said, do you have any ideas? They're like, we'd like an immortal that actually has powers. And that's when they came up with the idea for Resurrection Man. It launched in 1997. It was kind of a bridge between the darker side of, of, of DC, which was vertical. What does this mean, Darker. Because if you're flipping a light switch, maybe yeah. with the pinky, and you who flips a light switch this way, James? I do sometimes. If I've got something in my hands, like I got my shades, I'll flip it like that. Really? Yeah. So you go all Parkinson's on the light switch? I don't think we should mock people with Parkinson's. I don't think you should either. Continue. You should flip a light switch like a human being with your nose. Duh. <laughs> I think we. It's shouldn't. better than this. I think we also shouldn't make fun of people that don't have hands to flip light switches with. That's right, Stubby. <laughs> anyway. The reason I, He's really about his dick. It has nothing to do with the fact that James has no hands. I brought this up. Well, at least I'm not as handsy as you are. Uh, anyway, 
Um, what does that mean? That dog. I brought this. It means you're a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway, my god. Anyway, the reason I brought this up was again with acquitted with <laughs> with this. Um, I was going with time served, but okay. Uh, the reason I brought this up, though, is honestly, if if the CW is looking for a character that they You've could tried do, to pitch it several times. Could do as a show. The reason I think it would be interesting is it's kind of the Incredible Hulk, the old Incredible Hulk TV series, in that he's constantly moving on. He doesn't have a base of operations. He, doesn't he have, has that coat of many colors he, he doesn't that his have mom like that. gave to me. But it's also Quantum Leap. Did you ever mention time, a fact about the fact that he resurrects, he gets a new power? Did you say that? Yes. Point? Okay, oh, Jesus, sorry. He so he, said it. It was buried somewhere would have been, in between. Would have been nice if you yeah, listened. Fred at White Star. I was looking up pictures about how I had White friends Star. in 97. White Star. White Crow. White Star White built yeah, really good ships. Yeah, you can mock ships. many things, but White Crow. You're right, absolutely. Important. They built the, the, the Titanic. Titanic, White, the White Star line, yes. Um, but anyway, no, I honestly think it would be an interesting television show because it is the old school Incredible Hulk that people love, and it's Quantum Leap. He dies, he comes back with a new power, he's always moving on. So if you're looking for a show, CW, to replace that arrow, call up Dan Abnett, Andy Landing, and get them to write And you. James Thomas. Or just sponsor Bonehead, because we would love to be Bonehead, sponsored by CW. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay, so... The final one, I'm actually hoping doesn't get a TV show. I want it to be a really good movie because we have yet to get one. Yeah, but, uh, uh, real quick, the you reason bring I up think Superman? There, there we've had Superman. one good Superman movie. You're the absolutely right. Think, that part three. Oh, you bastard! It was Richard Pryor. Um, it did have Richard Pryor. It was the only redeeming thing about it. The reason I I know you want to close up, but I think the reason I like bringing all these up is I think that would be the issue with the Sergeant Rock movie too. Is some of this stuff because it's based on comics does work better for episodes mm -hmm. and lends itself to TV. I think Sergeant Rock makes a good television show. Well, how did they do it in Marvel? They took twenty or ten years and twenty six movies to really establish that universe. Is it twenty six movies? Yeah, twenty six. I think. Is it uh, really? Mm -hmm. No way. Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, um, Doctor Strange. We're not talking about Marvel. That I know, I'm just curious. Yeah, I think it's 26. Yeah, but um, no, so uh, Green Lantern. No, talk about a movie. Yeah, that that is a piece of shit movie, and I've never been so mad. You know Directed by lead, Martin Campbell. You, I, you yeah. know this is going to lead to him talking about Deadpool again. Deadpool, I know. Deadpool 2. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever what been... What happened to Deadpool 2? I, think I the only, saw it yet. I think I've only been angry coming out of a movie three times. And they've all been more... And they've all been DC comic movies. So I was mad when I came out of Superman Returns because of the, the kid. And boring. Yeah, and it was boring. And technically Kevin Smith pointed out that that would be rape. Yes. That's, that is true. It's, I didn't think about that until just now. I didn't now he's more interested. Because he went off on a, a tirade about it. Yeah. yeah. But Superman Returns, Justice League, and then this one, Green Lantern. I've I never, just saw Justice League a few months ago. It's terrible. And like I told you before, it's Lord of the Rings. It's not It's a crappy good. version. Of, it has some decent scenes. I don't understand why a late 60s rock band is the villain. Yeah. that It was, it was completely... Completely destroyed. Magic carpet ride, man. Yep. Steppenwolf. Wolf. I prefer Wolf. Um, Green Lantern. <laughs> Steppenwolf is a horrible villain. Yeah, it is. No, I'm not arguing. Mm. That whole movie was a shit storm. Um, but it's not as bad as A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. No. Which is an independent. Guy. No, man. I actually disagree with that. 
League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is better than Justice League was. How? It, at least it at least it had a, a relatively decent story throughout, and it had and the vil- it no villain. No, they both they both had crappy villains. You're they right. had terrible villains. But I still the only reason I would give you actually if you'd come to me and said, "Dude, one of them has Sean Connery," then I'd lift you alone. Nah. twenty three, uh, not twenty six. My bad. But no, so we're gonna Thanks. talk um, before we get into actual the Green Lantern that everybody knows. We're gonna talk about the actual beginning of Green Lantern because I don't know, if you know this. Yes. Green Lantern was not the Green Lantern that you know. Yeah. Um, Green Lantern was first created in July 1940 by artist Martin Donadale and scripted, and I didn't know this, and it actually makes me angrier knowing how little respect he got until just recently. The first issue of Green Lantern was scripted by Bill Finger, who also created Batman. Um, his incarnation, in this, in this incarnation, in the first incarnation of Green Lantern, it was Alan Scott, a railroad engineer who finds a magic lantern and creates a ring that can be charged by the lantern to give him a wide array of powers. His limitations were that it had to be charged every 24 hours. And uh, his uh, weakness, which is actually... Uh, Martian Manhunter probably has a, one of the lamest weaknesses of all superheroes. It's fire. He's, he's, his, his weakness is fire. But he has the coolest name. Yes. I'd say, speaking of which, and, my weakness is also fire. I mean, it's one of my and, weaknesses. You know, that, <laughs> that one... The little Debbie's. That one's actually... <laughs> I, I say that, but now now that I've said that, Green Lantern probably has the two lamest weaknesses of all time. This uh, incarnation of uh, the Green Lantern's weakness, would. So, he fought villains such as Vandal Savage and Solomon Grundy. Uh, this was actually Solomon Grundy's introduction. Mm. It was in the Green Lantern. Uh, Alan Scott. Was he looking for khakis? No, <laughs> he was not looking for khakis. She knows, maybe. By the way, I, I'm, I am curious. He had to fight Green Lantern, you see, because he was looking for green I, jeans. By the way, if if any of you all want to do this, me and Joe, me he's, and Joe, ta- not taking his pants Joe, off. <laughs> no, the listeners or viewers of this, me and Joe have made com- constant references to Solomon Grundy wanting pants. If you know what that reference is, write us on Facebook. Yeah, I'm, Facebook or Twitter or email us. Because or, I am really curious if anybody... Joe at 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 As James Thomas underscore UK. But yeah. I think yeah. That's, yeah. What? What's your Twitter handle? At Bonehead at, Chad. At Bonehead Chad. <laughs> Mine's Evil Joe. Yeah. So, uh, this version was... Uh, we went... But the version we want to focus... Watched that at least I once watch, a month. I don't do it once a month. It's once, about a once every six months, I just start giggling and watching. No, but the, the version we want to focus on for Green Lantern was created in 1959 by Julius Schwartz. Now, at this time, uh, most superhero comics had either fallen into obscurity or ceased publication altogether, um, mainly because of the comic code. Uh, DC wanted to make another effort to bring superheroes back into popularity. So Schwartz was uh, started this uh, comeback with a completely new take on The Flash, mm-hmm. which is The Flash that we all know now. Um, uh, the, the Flash, real quick, is, is uh, DC's answer to The Wither. You jackass, it is not. It is not. It's a cute little dog <laughs> in the Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> Look, the Flash is right there. Oh, man, I love Bats and Hounds. Um, and if you if you actually attended the Comic-Con panel, this was the only character I brought up that actually irritated James in terms of lame superheroes because I brought up the Wizard and he said he didn't need to be in that list. I disagree. Read the Invaders, son. Nope. 
Uh, <laughs> I can't read. But no, uh, Julius Schwartz, uh, he wanted uh, his figure, uh, his way of bringing comic book characters back to popularity was to infuse science fiction into them. Yeah. And he did that with The Flash. Um, and it was such a big hit that sh- they gave Schwartz another go, and he wanted to tackle Green Lantern and using this same method. Uh, so Julius decided to reinvent Green Lantern to be a science fiction hero and make him a space cop. Um, a lot of Green Lantern's backstories were largely taken from E.E. E. Smith's Lensman series. Police cops. Yes. Space, space police cops. In space. Police cops in space. Now, E.E. E. Smith's Lensman series of uh, stories uh, focused on a uh, galactic patrol who uses a large group of space beings to protect the universe. Woo, doggy. Yeah, so Hal Jordan, if you don't know, was a pilot who received his ring from a dying alien, Abin Sur. Who was... He was also at one point... Rene Abajurnus? He, he is one point billed also as the Man Without Fear, which in Marvel is Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah. But he was the Man Without Fear for a while. Um, yeah. Who crashed on Earth. Uh, so he get, he was given this ring by Abin Sur, who crashed on Earth. Upon receiving the ring, Hal Jordan was inducted into the Green Lantern Corps and tasked with protecting Space Sector 2814. So, is that where we're at? Yep. Okay, I just yeah. assumed... That's where we're at. No, that no he's, he's having to go... Twenty miles. Every morning, twenty miles down the road, past the purple goblins. No, no. Every morning, you gotta get up and make a hell of a commute. Left at Neptune. Now, why is Green Lantern my favorite? (laughs) Uranus, you got too far. Oh, unless it's me. In which case, if you hit Uranus, you're right on target. Thirty dollars. It's thirty. Stay on target. Do you think at that speed? Do you think you pull out in time? I hope not. <laughs> no. But babies. <laughs> oh my god! And it went dark. So let me get back on topic here. Well, so, I didn't want to watch. <laughs> oh my god! So let me talk about why Green Lantern was one of my favorites. Uh, he was actually my introdu- introduction into superheroes uh, because of Super Friends. Yeah, Green Lantern was my favorite character on Super Friends. And is it because he's green and green is your favorite color? I don't think that has anything to do with it. No, it was just. It, Are you it, sure? Because no, you because out the Green Arrow earlier. Well, it, the Green Arrow. It just happened to be the Green Arrow because Swamp it, Thing. Swamp Thing is, is on my list, but I didn't bring him up. Yeah, but no, Man Thing. I don't like Man Thing. Is it you green? shut your horse. I don't. Mouth. I've never read it, so I can't say. But no, so uh, no. I always thought it was cool that he had this ring. Celtics. He used the ring. Oh yeah, it is. I don't know. Maybe it is. But no, Green Lantern. Um, he uses a. He seeing him use that power ring in the cartoon series, and he created a jet from his ring, and he could fly in it. It just amazed me. He's not invisible. No, it was not invisible. Well, then what the hell do you need it for? <laughs> Wonder Woman had an invisible jet. Um, uh, real quick, which makes uh, one no thing. sense because they put the outlines in the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Well, how else would you know she's doing it? Why? Because she's sitting. She's fucking sitting, James. It's like when she's sitting and she's in the middle of the cloud. I'm assuming this dumb bitch is flying her invisible jet. But Superman can fly. Could he fly? But he doesn't sit and do this with a thing on his head going, come on, Rover, Gover, whatever. I'm about to do the thing with the where I land. I'm looking for my landing strip. Wonder Woman was looking for her landing strip. Real quick, and I will say, I do like Green Lantern as a character. Uh, I ignore the whole thing where she's sitting I'm, there in the clouds. I'm, I'm going to let him go. Uh, I do like Green Lantern as a character, and I think the reason I like Green Lantern as a character, and what I hope the movie would get right, and kind of did, is the intergalactic police side. Because yeah. I think that's where... That's the only interesting part of the movie. I would say, and that, I mm-hmm. think that's where a lot of people would have went wrong, is trying to make it a human-only movie. 
Green Lantern really only works if he's part of that larger network. And what I do the like Lantern about Core. what I do like about the Lantern Corps is there's a Vulcan Lantern. There's a there's all these different ones. But I also like you the fact brought up that the Star Trek one though. I know. Well, that's, that's why I like the most. I like the fact that... What about the Purple Goblin Lantern Corps? <laughs> there's probably... And what I like about it is they each have their own oath. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought going to say oats. And what's the... I know there's one that doesn't have colors. So they don't see color. The worst his, he, They're color. There's colorblind species, mm-hmm. so they want to have a Green Lantern. So his is based on musical notes, I believe. Yeah. Something. You're right. Um... So I I think it's fascinating that they you get to play around with how different cultures would be if you really had an organization like this. But the other thing that I think that they did really well with Green Lantern, and I may I hope I'm not stepping on anything. No, go ahead. But um, when Hal Jordan went uh, to quote my kids, uh, Nutsy Cuckoo, um, and they had to replace him because he went power mad, killed a bunch of the other lanterns, yeah. took all their rings to have ultimate power. Which are, yeah. Um, and, and what was the name of the responsibility? Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner, yeah. Which yeah. actually was my. Um, so I didn't know how Super Friends had Hal Jordan, which I didn't know that was his name. But actually, the Green Lantern that I grew up liking was Kyle Rayner. See, and I can remember when they killed off Hal Jordan. And I can remember you can't kill off Hal Jordan. I know he'd yeah. be back eventually, but he he goes crazy for power. He becomes Parallax, mm-hmm. and they have to find one person to find. He kills. He turns him. heel. Basically, yes. Yeah. And ah, he kills wrestling. He, he because kills all the guardians, the Owens. Of the yeah, because what happens is yes, the in, guardians of the galaxy. kill that rock. You know, in the Superman rebirth, when there when there was four Supermen, mm. and they bring Superman back. Bizarro. Uh, Cyborg Superman and uh, the villain whose name is escaping me. No, it's not Bizarro. But they destroy Green Lantern's home, Coast City. Um, yes. and it actually causes Green Lantern to go insane. And, he and uses what he the does rings to rebuild the city, right? No, well, he, uh, he, he at first he he just uses his one ring and he creates artificial constructs of everybody that that died. And he communi- He's working. He's talking <coughs> with them as, and they're not real. They're just constructs from his ring. And the the guardians get wind of this and they go, "Look, you can't be doing this. We're taking this away from you." And then he realizes that he can actually use the rings to go back in time to bring P or not even bring, but he can bring back everybody with the power of the green, the green lantern ring and, that's and the how guardian Deadpool did it. Yeah. And the guardians for, for forbid it. And it causes, it causes him to go insane. And that's when he, that's when he comes and destroys everybody in the green lantern Corps. He just, he d- d- destroys the, the, the power battery. He destroys the guardians. He takes every power ring, and that's when he becomes the villain Parallax. And what what I really thought was interesting, though, was when they created Kyle Rayner as his replacement, when mm-hmm. the creators of the comic created Kyle Rayner, one of the things that they did was Hal Jordan was a fighter pilot, which is influences what he creates. Kyle Rayner is a graphic artist, right? Yep. So he's much more creative. So his ring creations are basically graphically cooler because he's creative, and he's much more human, but he's much more creative than the Hal Jordan fearless fighter pilot is. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I love that storyline. I, I, I will agree with Chad there. That was, it was a great Yeah, story. and Kyle Rayner, uh, the reason why he was always my personal favorite is Green Lantern, he, he, Hal Jordan had some of it. Like, he would create a giant boxing glove. He would create the plane. But Kyle Rayner, like, there's one scene where he fights a villain with giant sumo wrestlers from his from his ring. It's really interesting. Um, real, real quick, I do have a question because yeah. there's another Green Lantern that's a human, 
And that's the only thing I've never known. And I, I didn't read Green Lantern religiously. And I definitely go back, didn't go back and read where he came. Where does Guy Gardner come from? So why does Earth have two Green Lanterns? When you know, at, at one point they have four. But um, was well, so, John Stewart too? I yeah, guess. John yeah. Stewart. So essentially, what happens is which is the one that's most used in cartoons now, right? He's the African American one, right? Yeah, he's African American. Um, so essentially, the story goes when when the Ring went looking for Hal Jordan, uh, the Ring found two viable candidates: Hal Jordan and Guy Gardner. And it skipped past Guy Gardner and went to Hal Jordan. And Guy Gardner basically became the backup for Hal Jordan if anything ever happened to Hal Jordan. But Guy Gardner's a jerk, right? Guy Gardner's a jerk. He doesn't... Because I remember he got in a knockdown dragon. Finally, uh, I I can't tell you the issue, but I just remember it's one of my favorite things because he's talking about how awesome he is. And about how the Justice League wouldn't be around without him. And Batman finally just decks That's him. Justice League International volume uh, 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 3 or 4. Lays him out. And, and I literally like, was like, I... because And there for a while, Guy Gardner lost his ring and became warrior. Yeah, he became a warrior. And then he uh, then he, then he he used uh, Sinestro's yellow ring for a while. Anyway. Um, but so yeah, I always wondered that. Why, why did we have four then? But yeah, so this Hal Jordan really does have one of the more interesting story arcs in, in comics. So he became a villain. He has a turnaround when the, the um, there's a mysterious uh, um, alien being who's eating our son, and the sun's going out. And he uses all, so he's current. He's the villain Parallax, but he uses all of his powers to reignite the sun and essentially kills himself. Mm-hmm. And then he, giving a second chance because of all the wrong he's done, Heaven grants him. Um, uh, he becomes the specter, which is the uh, the right hand of God. He's the one that punishes all evildoers. Uh, and hangs out with Phantom Stranger. On the and hangs out with Phantom Stranger. Jay, that little Jimmy Bond a heck of a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> he does give him give him what for? So under uh, so Jeff Johns later on took uh, over the Green Lantern and resurrected Hal Jordan. Kind of get put Cal Rayner in the back seat, which kind of irritated me. Um, but he did an amazing run on the character, and he introduced um, he introduced the Sinestro Core War, which Sinestro is Green Lantern's version of the Joker or Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. He has a yellow ring, which um, early on Green Lantern's weakness was yelled the color yellow. Again, it was Green Lantern's so he kind was of without fear, and when you have fear, what do they call you? Your yellow. It was a play on words. Yeah. Um, no, so Green Lantern has always been one of my favorites because he's a space hero. He flies around. He uses his ring to create amazing things. He crossed over with Star Trek. Yeah. Did I mention that? Yes, you've you got me. You've you bought me the comic book. <sighs> Thank you. But even even before then, there was a Vulcan, and I forget I forget the. Uh, Is ET there? Yeah. Eddie Torres, the extra testicle. But some of my favorite uh, story arcs of uh, Green La- Green Lantern. Stole that from Chichi um, Chong. Thank yeah. you, Joe. Let's Rebirth. Chichi Chong episode. <laughs> Rebirth. The Sinestro Corps War Zero Hour, which is the one where he is trying to uh, deconstruct time and space to bring back everybody, and it's starting to infect all, uh, impact all the other characters in the DC. Which was basically Crisis on Infinite Earth Part Two. Two. So Green. That's where Green Arrow actually shoots him in the heart. And, and supposedly kills him, but he actually didn't kill him. Comes back, blah 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 blah. And final what? night, yeah, final night, which is where he reignites the sun and kills himself. And I haven't kept up, by the way, and I don't. But so, where, where's Kyle Rayner now? Is he still an active character? Or uh, 
you know, with the new Fifty Two reboot and what they're, they're they, they've re, they've already rebooted Green Lantern two or three times, and I have I haven't been reading comics in a while, so I don't know where Kyle Rayner is. Because that, that's my question is because that's the same way I feel about Resurrection Man is that they did New Fifty Two, they brought him back, and they made him a supernatural character where basically Heaven's trying to claim him, Hell's trying to claim him, and since he can't die, and where does his sin go? And it's this entire parrot. And it was really interesting, and then they rebooted that again, and then they canceled it. And so it's one of those things where where are these characters now? We don't know. And with that, are with we, that, we're done. We, did we get through all of it? We got you, through it in almost two hours. You know, oh my god! Real, but real, seriously, you say real quick. Seriously, you've never no, done no. anything real seriously, quick. Yeah, well, you except let your me two finish. children. Seriously, I didn't do my kids. You pervert. Jeez, um, you not what I mean. God, why does he have to take you it to a dark it, place? Why do you say why things do you, you don't take mean? take a dark place? I didn't say it, it mean it. Out of, <laughs> out of all we've talked about, Joe, as somebody that's not a comic fan, you know, thinking about these as films or things like that and ignoring the sadly regrettable Green Lantern film that we saw. Yeah. It, who would you picture doing the movies like this? Green Lantern, I think, is the one that you all talked about that, that would have the best. The problem is... I feel like the Green Lantern is like one of the easiest comic book superhero movies you could make. And Yeah. The, the issue is, guys, in my opinion, as someone who didn't grow up reading a lot of this... It's the same issue that we talked to Bart Mixon about, is that I know Dark Side or Dark Seed is it's it dark, it's dark Side. Dark Side came first, but you can't do that. You can do that now, but people who are uneducated like me when it comes to the actual history and the timeline are going to say, "Oh, you just ripped off Marvel." You just ripped off Marvel <laughs> when, in essence, Marvel had already ripped off. DC. But they're already doing that because they're making the new gods, which is Darkseid is going to be the villain in that, and it's the the director is the the lady who did a Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, but, but th- so when you tell me about that, I, I think well, they made it work with Guardians of the Galaxy. They've made it work with quite frankly, with things that shouldn't work as easily as they do. I mean, I, I if you'd have told us 10 years ago, I think you both would have had a hard time believing that a, that a movie with a talking raccoon in a tree would make three or $400 million just gross just in the United States. States. Yeah, and, and, I think and, both of you would have a hard time well, believing Well, in fact, that. when they announced... When they made that announcement that their next movie was going to be Guardians of the Galaxy, everybody was like, why the hell are you doing uh, yeah, that? Yeah, because it was obscure. And, and half of... Well, more than half. Almost two-thirds of the Guardians of the Galaxy run isn't even that cast. Yeah. It's it's set in the 30th century, and it's the descendants of modern-day superheroes. So, it, But, you know, I also was sitting watching again uh, Into the Spider-Verse with my kids. I and saw they it. they love it, and they dig it. I liked it. it. And I think what got me was that, to me, for comic fans, felt like the passing of a torch. Yeah. In that it does have my Spider-Man. It has a 30-something, starting to have some weight. Peter Parker, which is what I grew up with and where I am. And then Silas has always known Miles Morales. That's his Spider-Man. And so that, to me, it was cool to watch it with my son. But what I was getting at is thinking about some of this. Like, I would love to see what Sam Raimi would do with Ragman. Yeah. I think you need somebody that can do dark with a little humor in it. And I think that's the problem we have is even with a film like Spawn, 
Spawn is supposed to be very dark, very brooding, very, and I know that's not a DC character, but I, I, thinking about talent to match with some of this is what I would think. You want the honest answer to everything to that question then? Yeah. I don't know who it is because that person isn't here yet. The thing what you just brought up, and you know he's my favorite director, I have next to zero interest in seeing any of that version because I've seen two now different characters that he has done as superheroes. That's true. That's done. I want to see the next 20, and I'm not trying to be ageist here, but I want to see the next person who's younger than than the three of us do their version. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we need that. that... How this is coming out of 41-year-old me, but you were sitting there telling me that, and I was like, well, yeah. I mean, and it's not that he repeats himself necessarily. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. He has a style. He has a way to do it. I actually would have liked to have seen his version of Ghostbusters. I thought he's the one who should have done Ghostbusters 3. That being said, I I don't want to see that as much as I want to see whoever the next person is. And you're right. My son is starting to say Spidey, and I'm starting to read him just the little board books and stuff, yeah. and he's getting really into it. And I've watched a couple, and we, we can talk a little about this. we got to wrap this up anyway. Yeah. But no, I, I think that's interesting. And it's I've... neat watching it through his eyes, because I think he's into that more than I was. Because yeah. I wanted to be a Ghostbuster. I didn't want to be Batman. I never wanted to be Batman, but it's, I think it's the way it's Summer written. of 89. Yeah. I still want to be a Ghostbuster. No, I didn't want to be Batman. Batman, I, I, I like Batman as a character, but it's never a character I wanted to be. Okay. Is there anything else we need to talk about, gentlemen? And that's been DC. That's been DC. All right. So, and next. CW make these shows. And by the it. way, Swamp Thing was a distant, was very close, but they're actually making a good TV show that they just canceled. So, tune in next week, and we will finish up with the next version. We're going to do your all's favorite Marvel, Marvel superheroes. Marvel. And, and I think, spoiler, I've already talked to Joe. He's given me his list. It's NFL Super Pro, Kickers Incorporated, and the Wolf Pack. By Deadpool. the way. <laughs> if you if you know any of those, you'll know why that's funny that I've linked them to Joe. And Deadpool. So Joe will bring it Joe will be talking that about Deadpool. <laughs> no, I really won't. Kickers Incorporated. That's Joe's all time favorite comic. Look it up. K I C K Kickers Incorporated.